Okay, well, we know what to do for 10 weeks from now, but not for 50. This is PolyRequest, live from the heart of Brooklyn. PolyRequest is an hour-long podcast about everything in and relating to technology with three techno experts. Eric Newman, hi! Chris Grabowski, hey! And Tyler Dinner, hey! This week's episode, Production War Stories. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another Public Quest. My name is Eric Newman, and to the right of me is someone I haven't seen in the flesh in a while, my compatriot of Crowd, Chris Grabowski. Hi, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? I'm doing quite well, and this is our 50th episode. Five zero. Woo. That means we've created, and all of our shows, most of our shows are longer than an hour, we've created something like 75 hours of content. That's... I don't know anyone. If anybody's listening out there, I'm being held hostage. (laughs) Please save me. No, I told them that your safe words don't work. Anyway, and to your left, uh, completing the uh, the triangle of something that begins with the letter T is Tyler Dinner. Hi, Tyler. How you doing? Hey, guys. I'm good. Number 50. Number 50. It's quite an accomplishment that we're all here. I'm excited. I can hear you're excited. Your voice is higher. My voice is higher. Maybe that's just in person. That You know, you can't... Oh, when you're doing it online, it really affects the dynamic range of your voice and... uh, Did your voice get higher or are you just happy to see me? Oh, there you go. (laughs) There you go. Um, Yeah, I I mean, 50 shows. This is a a big milestone for us because none of us thought that we'd actually make it this far. I know, I tried to quit. You tried to quit 49 times. (laughs) I thought about quitting This is number 50. You haven't tried quitting yet, but I have a feeling you're just going to go prima donna on the show and you're just going to say, F this, let's get out of here. <laughs> well, don't tempt me. No, yes, please, please. <laughs> please, please stay. <laughs> at least at least until number 350, then you can go. Okay. When your contract ends. Only 300 more shows. That's six years. And anyway. then, we'll, then we'll take the shackles off and you can go do whatever. You can do whatever. You can <laughs> go in your think tank underground somewhere and make millions of dollars. Thank you. Thank you. You know, consultancies, that's where the money's at. You don't want to make money doing things. You want to make the real money is telling people what to do, not actually doing it yourself. Well, that's called management. And consulting. So, um... So what are we doing in normal jobs? I, I don't know. Uh, I think we need to put Good in question. more... We need to put in more sweat equity in normal jobs uh, before we can make the leap into being consultants. I mean, there are so many projects where people charge six figures for a crappy website or five or a high five figures. We worked on those at well, Heartbeat, Tyler. The best thing to do is be a creator of some tool and be like, oh yeah, we'll consult for that. Like, look at all the databases out there. The way they make their money is, oh, we built this database and now we'll tell you how to run it. Yeah. Well, I know that you're not the creator of any tools, but you are a tool who I, creates, and so that's... Well, yeah. I, am the, I am the creator. First of all, I'm the creator gotcha. of several tools. Uh-huh. <laughs> And maintainer. Are they safe for work? Anyway. It's a tool tool. It's a tooling tool. Yes. (laughs) All right, we'll put your shirt back on, Tyler. Uh, It's not not an After Dark show. We decided, by the way, to not make this an After Dark show because we had been doing too many of them, I think. But, yes. Tonight's uh, tonight's Radio X, but for different reasons this time. Well, no. I mean, we're not going to put on the explicit tag. We're not going to curse. We're not going to put on pants. We're not going to put on pants. uh, But, you know, I've, I've got curtains. It's fine. But uh, you, guys are at least, you guys are at least <laughs> drinking. And yeah, I mean, there's a nice open space you can see behind my apartment where they're uh, going to put a new gentrification building in a few months' time. And I will be, and I'm surrounded, they're almost done with the one next door to me. I am surrounded by uh, gentrification buildings in this part of Brooklyn. It is really. You're the one know. that rented in the King of Gentrified Buildings. Yeah, yeah. I, but why does everyone else have to live here? 
That's my question. Like, I got here, okay, this building's been here for 10 years, but, like, well, all these You know these what I think is the number one mark of stroll. gentrification? And I've been white noticing people, this more and more. White people. White families. You can have a, a white single person living in their 20s, and you can be like, okay, it's an up-and-coming neighborhood, but the moment you have a family... Oh no, no. The number one sign of gentrification is salads. Yeah, yes. Well, not just salads. Not just salads. No, a wait. chopped... Or no, 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 a, no. a sweet green. No, because those, those, sweet sweet those don't exist. Sweet green is those, so wait, good. hold on. Those don't exist in Bushwick, actually. They they're, don't. They're right. So, but, they, but we're still gentrified. They don't exist in Williamsburg no, I didn't either. Say a sandwich place. Salad, sweet green exists in Williamsburg. Salads Salad's at the bodega. The yeah. Right. And there's this, another thing that is a real gentrification marker. Those buy drinks. B A I. Oh. Those caffeinated yeah. stevia sweetened drinks. If you drink like kombucha. You can get that. If you drink like three of those buy drinks a day. Your breath will smell really bad. I used to, by the way. Really? I used to. We, weird, I used to get like, them for free at my old gig, and oh, I just put the I put like so many of those away because they have no calories. I think it's called uh, like, erythritol or something. There's a weird oh, artificial you know the, sweetener uh, that you see other gentrification else. sign, and I'm addicted to them. Are the Lacroix seltzers? Oh, uh, Lacroix. Uh, that is oh, I love then, those. And then the you schnapps. Know. You can have Lacroix or you can have schnapps, and it's all the same. Yes. Anyway, since this is a technology show, why don't we talk about something? This is not necessarily technology, but it is math, much like encryption. Student investigated after allegedly saying a math symbol looked like a gun. (laughs) That's right. This comes from KATC somewhere in Louisiana. Uh, Criminal charges will not be filed against a student after allegedly saying a math symbol looked like a gun. On Tuesday afternoon, Allen Parish Sheriff's Office deputies investigated an allegation of terrorist threats at Oberlin High School, according to the department's Facebook page. The the investigation revealed that a student was completing a math problem and drew the sign for a square root. Deputies say that another student made the comment that the symbol looks like a gun, and several other students made similar comments. According to investigators, the comment was made by the student in question could sound like a threat when taken out of context because in America, we don't know math. When teachers have nothing better to do. This is not the first time that somebody yeah. thought that a ma- someone doing mathematics was a terrorist in America. That's not good. Well, you know, every time somebody wants to play with numbers, all of a sudden it's like, don't mess with time. Yeah, do hopefully, not mess with time. Hopefully these students aren't radicalized. Get it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Really, I think we need to like... But we need to look at the problem from a meta level and find the common denominator. Yes, well, first, that's... That's right, and of course, that sound you heard was from our wonderful studio audience, who we keep on a Tupperware container during the week, and we take them out on Sundays just for us, and it is a nice, super celebratory Sunday for us here at Pull Request. 50 shows. Well, this is our number 50. We've done 49. We haven't done 50 yet. I mean, unless we end it right here, but then we wouldn't have a show. All right. Looks good to me. I'll see you guys next week. Let's uh, do the drinking, and uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Here's something. Uh, Christian, do you remember Quick Basic from uh, the 90s? Tried to forget about it. Yes. Uh, Quick Basic lives on with QB64. Why? I'd say I no idea. After searching around for a bit, I found a very, QB6, a very cool QB64 project at QB64.org. This is an open source Quick Basic development environment that is not only completely compatible with existing programs, but adds in functions and capabilities that were unthinkable back on my 386. Wait, where, where does the code live? On your computer. No, where, where does the open source code live? Where is the repo? Probably the place where most open source repos live on GitHub. Okay. But it's you go to QB64.org. It rivals your website for it's looking like a terminal window. And, uh, no, that, 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 like bad DOS. That, yeah, that, clickable? That's that, not even clickable. This looks like the BIOS window, not even, uh, like my site. No, have you ever, you ever, have you ever done DOS programming? 
You ever use like edit and make batch files? Not in years. It looks like this. Not in years. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I also, by the way, I wondered what the difference was. I remember, I remember QBasic when I was a kid, and QBasic is actually different from QuickBasic. QBasic is an interpreter only. It lacks a few functions and can only handle programs of a limited size and lacks support for separate program modules. Since it lacks a compiler, it cannot be used to produce executable files, although it is a program, though its program source code can still be compiled by a QuickBasic compiler if available. Yes, well, we don't use those. I just thought it would be cool. You know, we have this recurring theme where something from the past has been resurrected in, in Thanks to you. modern times. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> hey, listen, you know, we grew up during a special time, and that time is now past. And uh, it's nice to see that some people are, are, are kind of uh, digital archivists. You, you and, will. like, five other people in the Hey, you know what? SimCity is in MoMA now. So the fact that's that true, and a, they also ported it over to you can run the entire thing in your browser now. Yes, exactly. That's great. So HTML5 SimCity was has been a dream for, of mine for a long time. Anyway, moving on. Have you you've heard of pwned passwords? That's a list of a ton of commonly used passwords. Now, you mean, have I been pwned? It's uh, well, it's a list called yes, exactly. Have I been pwned? Well, now there's pwned passwords version two with half a billion PPT. passwords available for your download, your downloading pleasure today. Thanks, just what I wanted. Exactly. Can I have 500 million passwords? Just, just Well, I computer? mean, if you want to run a massive dictionary attack, why well, use it? This is a fantastic mm. dictionary. Um, and, and these passwords are passwords obtained from previous breaches in other companies like Equifax that have been breached. Uh, and, they, and they don't secure their passwords properly. They now have an even bigger database of that. So stop using simple passwords and stop doing what my dad does, which is the ultimate worst thing. A, don't use a password that's just numbers, which he does. And B, the number that he uses is his social security number. No. Why, yeah. Why would you tell that on the radio? He, I didn't say what his social security number was. You think it's that hard to find? Yeah, keep in mind Equifax was leaked. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the same for all of us. I'll give you a hint. His number starts with nine. Anyway. Okay, or does it? You you don't know. Um, I've, I've, I've by osmosis memorized my parents' social security numbers, and that's given me that's a lot a of cool weird. things to do. Well, because, you know, you hear them reciting it over the phone a lot. That's and it has a rhythm. You're supposed to be good at forging their signatures for high school. But exactly. Yeah. And the problem, that? But the problem is yeah, that, that... That I had. Well, no, but I can't do that. <laughs> you, on the other hand... I, I absorb you're, numbers. You're kind of shady here. I don't know about no, you. No, because there's always the dot, dot, da, dot, da, dot, 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 dot. Sometimes, Eric, I just don't know. Okay. Well, my I gotta, social I gotta say, I gotta say, I don't want to get too dark, but... You know, while it can be kind of hard losing a parent while you're in high school, it can be really devastating when you lose the parent whose signature you know perfectly. Oh, the, the papers that I had to actually get signed. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's I, okay. Uh... I did my mom's fast. <laughs> <laughs> I learned in like two days. Hey, listen, I also did heightened. Christian's mom fast. No. Oh. oh, now that I can see your face. That really, I really should not be doing, making these jokes. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're, know, you're arm's so length away from me right I now. I know, <laughs> and you could really kick my ass so badly. I just, I didn't think that you would actually make the angry face. I'm sorry. It's just, you know, because when I talk like this, it... Oh, okay, I'll stop. <laughs> I like boxes of wine. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It's enough. Three After is, the three show, Eric gets a swirly. <laughs> <laughs> have From his ever, own toilet. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, have you ever got a swirly in your own toilet before? <laughs> hey, Eric's I, about to. I did just clean it, so <laughs> thank God. Is that an MTV show? I, I'm, I'm 30. True, I no, pay true, my true, own rent, I pay true my life. rent, and I'm getting a swirly. <laughs> true life. I got a swirly in my own toilet. <laughs> yeah. 
from people who said they were my friends. Okay. Uh, announcing IP VLAN overlay free Kubernetes networking in AWS. All the buzzwords. Yes. What is this? Wow. So you must, is... must be a rock star developer or a JavaScript ninja. That's yeah. right. That's right. Definitely no script kitties here. This is well, by Lyft, actually. So no, this kitties. is like I think this is Lyft moved to this is the thing because like uh, they oh. then they they show you how to build it. But as somebody who helped create Kubernetes and some of the uh, VLAN stuff that goes along with it. What they're doing is they're doing a lower-level VLAN. Uh, basically, they're, they're using Amazon's... Which uh, is overlay-free. Yeah, so it's not using, like, Flannel or Calico or Quantum or uh, Open Contrails. Uh, instead, it's using just Amazon's networking, which you can totally do. That is just a very normal thing. You do get some benefits of... There's just more automation. It's more built into it, and you're not dealing with a, yet another daemon. Gotcha. On a side note, and... Backtracking just a sec, we might want to look into the possibility of opening up a technology-themed adult strip club named Strip Kitties. Ha! <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Is it just all of the strippers wear thick rimmed glasses and nothing else? And no, and cat ears. Script Kitties. Yeah. Ah. Kitties. That's only the that's only the waitresses though that actually dress in like a theme. The rest of them just you know normal strip club. Yeah. Well, uh, New York normal or Vegas normal? I'm just going off of the one that you gave Eric a bad experience at his 30th birthday. <laughs> that was an adult steakhouse. Um, oh, wow. And I, <laughs> that sounds way dirtier. It really does. You know, I'll tell you, that in, in, uh, in West Palm Beach, there God. actually was an adult steakhouse. It was called Rachel's. They had a lunch buffet. I'm not kidding. Yeah, but Ew. Trump shut it down. <laughs> no, he probably is a frequent customer. They have no windows. I'm assuming he's the owner. <laughs> they have no windows on the building. You oh, can see it when sketchy. you drive drive by on 95. It's sketchier when you see cars parked there at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. What are they doing? You know, I noticed... Those are the ones going in for the... Uh... Lunch buffet. Like I said, you I don't, mean, wanna, you don't l- want the... Lunch buffet if you're into C-section scars. <laughs> I've noticed that's the thing with the, uh, with the Bushwick bars. There are certain bars that are like... They're very like Hispanic and local bars, and they they don't have windows you can see in. Like they board them up on the front, they well, that, don't like seeing out. That's how they because they're not like we we've all seen this. The, the, the gentrified ones that are, bars you can see right in. Oh yeah, but then we've also seen the ones where it's not a bar during the day; it's like a regular restaurant. Oh, that happens sometimes yeah. over here too. Yeah, yeah. There's a Honduran restaurant that just turns up some Saturday nights. And those usually have curtains too. It's not like they're not like windowless. They're just like yeah, they bring really the curtains heavy down, curtains. and they sh- yeah, you can't see anything except the lights from the inside. Yeah, cool. Uh, Bushwick culture, local <laughs> style. Yes, That's moving my New York minute. <laughs> there you go. Uh, moving on, giant advertiser Unilever. They own a lot of stuff. They own Ben and Jerry's. They own Dove. They own a bunch they of make big all companies. The cleaning products for the house, right? Yeah, and they own, like I said, Ben and Jerry's. Uh, they are That's po- threatening to clean, pull clean ads. Your intestines. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dove also makes chocolate somehow, and Cleaned so. Your butt after that. So, uh, <laughs> wait, those are the same company. Integration. I thought they were just two separate things. No, it's the same. Logo wait, so they're making the Ben and Jerry's that gives you the. Do they use stomach? the same bowls? Don't the eat the Dove bowl. white chocolate. That is just so. <laughs> I love white chocolate. Though. Well, Actually, I haven't. They'll had clean Dove. your mouth out. <laughs> uh, I, I like Hershey's white chocolate. Ah, uh, there's <laughs> a joke I think in there. I hate your chocolate squirrel. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. Anyway, Unilever are threatening to pull their ads from Facebook and YouTube over quote-unquote toxic content. Fake news, racism, sexism, terrorists spreading messages of hate, toxic content directed at children, but not All the, the president. All the stuff that sells. Did somebody comment an eggplant emoji on one of their videos? Parts of the internet we have <laughs> ended up with is a million miles from where we thought it would take us. Mr. Weed, 
<laughs> from family Unilever's guy? chief marketing officer, Keith Weed. Wow. From Family Guy. That sounds like a fake name. He should uh, have stuck with the family like, business. Mr. Weed. Yeah. Uh, said in a speech at the Interactive Advertising Bureau's leadership meeting in Palm Desert. Where's Palm Desert, Tyler? It's in California. Mm, I think it's next to... Uh, I don't have a good joke for that. It's not next to Palm Springs? Yeah. I really don't know. Okay. But I think well, so. I think le- it is. Last year, Unilever spent nearly $9.5 billion marketing its brands, including Lipton Iced Tea... Dove soap, Axe body spray, and Ben and Jerry's ice cream. A quarter of that budget, or about two point four billion, was spent on digital advertising. You know, if Lipton iced tea and Axe body spray were actually good products, they would just sell themselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, and uh, okay. Well, uh, you know what, Tyler, you had uh, you had some. Why is this like a? This is like really pulled up. I don't know what the hell this is. My ah. My soundboard looks weird because of the thing. I don't know what the hell happened. I can't. What happened? Whatever. Anyway. 50 shows, you can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. No. And and the thing is, after 50 shows, this crappy jingle program still has new surprises for me. And you didn't mm-hmm. find a different jingle program or write your own because? Uh, low latency is actually hard to do. And to have it no, do. No, it's not. Okay, well, then you can write one. Sure. And have it do the ducking in between the looping and the cutting and the stuff. Anyway, sure. while you do that, it's time, it's time for some local news for our New York Minute. Where we take a look at your five boroughs. Inexcusably insensitive. Black History Month menu at NYU leads to firings. Start spreading the news. That's right. A racially insensitive menu for Black History Month uh, Black History Month, Month meal at New York University has led a company to apologi- uh, has led to a company apology and workers being fired. According to the Times, NYU President Andrew Hamilton, no relation, said it was inexcusably insensitive for a food service company to offer an I'm not kidding barbecued ribs, cornbread, collard greens, and beverages with racist connotations like Kool-Aid and watermelon-flavored water. Honestly, that just sounds good to me. I'd be so down for that meal. It might be... That sounds like Southern cuisine, more than Black cuisine. I, I listen. I, I really but don't. It's also no, no, really it racist, like and it's also. I think it was just because of also the Kool Aid and watermelon flavored water. Like that's everything's so gentrified. Like, can't you like throw some like you know actual African food in there and like make people pay extra for it? They'd love that. I don't know. And here, uh, quote: In 2018, I literally had to explain why displaying watermelon and Kool Aid in celebration of Black History Month was not only racially insensitive but ignorant. Wait, Said sophomore Nia Harris, who was black. I feel like Dave Chappelle owns this company. <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually one of the it's actually one of the biggest food service companies in the world, Aramark. They do most food for they do food for a lot of colleges, many prisons, and the Olympics. Yeah, honestly, I thought the meal sounded really good. I, I'm sure that's what they said too, but unfortunately, it was racially insensitive. Here's another story that you'll like. This is not racially insensitive. New Yorkers smoke more pot than any other city in the world. Oh yeah, so I had my parents tell me this. We're beating last LA. Night. That's right. According to research done by CEDO, a company that makes marijuana growing systems and advocates for it to be legalized, New Yorkers used 77.44 tons of marijuana in 2017. That's the, way, that's the weight of 13 average-sized African elephants. Wait, is that... Do they use the most per gross or the most per average? Per person? It says the most... Uh, it, it's not per capita, it's just... 
Well, I mean, here's the thing. If it's illegal and it's being distributed illegally, how do they know how much is being used? Also that, but like we're the most populous city, so it makes sense that we smoke the bus. That's true. It's interesting, though, because this table reveals a sample of the results for 13 cities featured in this study. And New York is not number one. It's number five. But the total consumption in metric tons far dwarfs everyone else. Washington, D.C. has the... Oh, I see what they sorted by. They have the highest price per gram. $18 for a gram of weed in D.C. <laughs> and they've... Yeah. Jesus. And uh, total consumption in D.C. is six metric tons, followed by Chicago, Philadelphia, and Boston, and then New York at 77 metric tons. Boston has six metric tons by comparison. I saw an article that said a lot of people, I think it was New Yorkers, uh, that they're smoking weed just to get through their jobs. I mean, I think with them. I think that's most most of us, honestly. That's yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. It's coming uh, a lot more frequent, though. I guess exactly. A uh, Chinese food delivery man bikes into Lincoln Lincoln Tunnel. Oh, he blames ways. What's that? So, in a very similar vein. Uh, so last night, uh, my parents uh, picked me up. We're uh, meeting a friend of theirs in Midtown for dinner, and they're using ways. It told us to go to Staten Island through. Uh, Central Jersey to Northern Jersey to uh, the, uh, over the uh, George uh, Washington Bridge. Yes. To go where? To go to Midtown on like 49th and Lex. From from where? Where did from you start? Yeah. My house, <laughs> like where I live. So so to go from Brooklyn to West Midtown. Uh, East East Midtown. East Midtown. Legit, do an Flex. entire circle around the Manhattan Island via all the other islands. Yes, <laughs> and then getting stuck on the GWB. That is the most circuitous route you could possibly take. Yeah. That's no. great if I'm an airplane coming for a landing at LaGuardia. I think, considering that... Or Newark. Considering between... <laughs> yeah. uh, if you add up the years my parents lived here and me, there's like 50 years lived in New York between all of us, so we need to ignore that, but my gosh. Well, I don't know who what, what person would follow those directions, but... Somebody who's never been here. Yeah, well... The uh, Chinese food delivery guy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, he was uh, this guy, 19-year-old, not kidding with the name, Bruce Lee... <laughs> was stopped Tuesday evening after he pedaled into the tunnel. Uh, the Staten Island man told police that he was directed into the tunnel under the Hudson River by the Waze app on his phone. He was arrested on criminal charges of trespass and possession of a dagger that they found while searching him. Yes. Well, damn. Or they planted on him, one of the two. No, he wasn't. I don't know. Maybe uh, the chopsticks were extra sharp. <laughs> Come on, Tyler. <laughs> Uh, one one last thing uh, for our New York Minute. Temporary East River Barge Bridge pitched as an L-alternative to the L-train shutdown. That's right, the L-train. Like L-alternative. Yes, the, like the uh, L-train shutting down next <laughs> I year. I see what you did there. Yes, the L-train shutting down in uh, about a year from now. And the MTA are rolling out ideas for what to do in lieu of the train that carries the most gentrification, the most gentrified people between Brooklyn and the city. And they've pitched this bridge that floats on pontoons and is suspended by uh, something like 27 barges and then has 350 anchors to anchor it into the middle of the East River. See, there's one major issue with all this. What's that? Unions aren't involved, so New York will never How would unions not be involved in this? Because they didn't come up with the idea. It has to be built. Yeah. The MTA came up with this idea. Oh. Did they? I thought this was proposed to the MTA. Uh, you know what? Let me hold on. 
You know what? It is. Uh, it's on Kickstarter, so maybe it's not the MTA. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> well, so this, this will never okay. happen. But and, well, it's not going to bridge, brah. It's not going to happen for many reasons, uh, like all of the shipping traffic. That's a traffic. really dope idea, though. It would be yeah, pretty cool. It would be a great idea. Just New York never does great ideas. I don't know. Wait, how, wait, wait. Let's well, think of some good hipster to. bridge ideas. These could be fun, right? A um, bridge made entirely out of breadsticks. Completely sustainable yoga mats tied together. Avocado wraps. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Ma- ma- made from made from the uh, uh, the bulb or from the actual avocado. Uh, you know, kind of, you could do both. Because uh, the avocado, the fruit, could be the insulation from a, the water. A bridge just for bikes, and they don't let any bikes go. Just fix gear bikes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then those sk- the skateboard things that are broken in two. What are those called? Oh God, <laughs> squirrely boards, <laughs> swizzle board. <laughs> the thing that it's like, how can a human actually ride that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's see. We've got some top reads this week. How about uh, Pornhub, the book? That's right. Everything for your co- your coffee table needs. Oh, I just put some bil- some bookshelves up this week. The novelization <laughs> of Pornhub. Yeah, you could just open it up to whatever chapter you want and look at pictures that don't <laughs> definitely move, rather than an, videos. It's an ebook. <laughs> <laughs> has to be. A, yeah, it has to be an ebook. Uh, and then there's a conference. Tons com- of DLC. <laughs> there's some conferences that are coming up. Google I/O is coming up. I was asked to uh, register to buy a ticket. Awesome. And, uh, well, the thing is, is that you have to ask Google if they will let you buy a ticket to their yeah. conference. No, they, because they, of they only want like-minded individuals there. Right. That's why you have to select the non-binary gender option, and you have to select the non-white race option, which they have. They have, I prefer, I am none of these, and I'm just going to check those. <laughs> and if they ask me anything, I can just get in their face. Well, did you assume my gender? Yes. But more importantly, when is it exactly? Uh, they give out the. T- I think it's. I was going to make a joke, uh, but it's early May. That's so hot, I can't uh, even do it these days. Uh, I was hoping it would be the, in June, so it would be in uh, uh, Northern California at the same no, time. No, uh, uh, May eighth through tenth. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to be there because I've just I, I just applied and they select tickets at random or what Google calls random, which is deterministic, I'm sure. And with regards to. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to move on to another conference? Because I got something. Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, I I just got the email. Actually, I was asked to speak at NYC DevOps. Nice. Okay. And what what is that Mazel Tov? And what is that? Uh, Huzzah! <laughs> uh, it's basically just a practice for my velocity talk. But it's the same talk. Just you're gonna tell that to them while you're there. By the way, this talk's just a practice for the more important one I'm gonna give in San Diego. You're my warm up speech. Yeah. Oh, San Jose. Yeah. That's the New Jersey of. Of San Francisco. I guess Oakland is the New Jersey yeah, of San yeah, Francisco. Yeah, this is more like the Brooklyn of San Francisco, I'd say. Yeah. All right. Um, the Brooklyn of San Francisco. Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what Oakland used to be? No. You know what oh, Brooklyn saying, used no, to Oakland be? Is, Oakland Hold is New on, Jersey. You know, I'm saying San Jose. Touche. Touche. Yeah, exactly. San Jose. It's where, Jay, it's where Jay-Z sold cracks. Yeah. Because of the because of the trains, J, J, Chuck Rocks, J and Z. Imagine if he imagine yeah. if he were Canadian. But I'm saying be... San Jose is Brooklyn, though. Oakland is New Jersey. Oh, yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, yes, Oakland. I've is never been York. to San Jose. What? I've never been to San Jose or to Oakland, actually. That's okay. I'm not. I'm not missing much. Um. Well, and uh, there's not much in San Jose. There's really not. No, there's not. But you know what? We do have a there's lot. There's a lot of tech. <laughs> Well, yes. Yeah. By the way, there, I just read this article that said that uh, in order to afford a medium-priced house, a medium-sized house that was for a middle-class family 20 years ago in San Francisco, your annual salary needs to be $300,000. Just be uh, middle management at Facebook. You can make that. Ugh. 
Don't wow. Just don't make anything. Yeah. Like I said, not people who tell people what to do and not actually the people who do it make the more money. I'd live in Oakland. <laughs> anyway, Real Housewives of Oakland. Um, I don't know. Enough. I don't know enough about Oakland to make a joke about that. But we can make a joke about this because it's time for our GitHub issues of the week. Our first GitHub issue of the week comes to us from Moby or Docker or whatever it's called these days. Docker Bridge IP disappears after Docker service is stopped. Take it away, Christian. So with this, uh, uh, they're uh, powering down on Docker service, and they're like, "Wait, why is the IP the uh, bridge interface uh, gone?" Which lets you talk from like the host to the container, right? And so uh, the solution is actually just uh, create your bridge uh, uh, separate. And then is this going to be? Do you, how about it. how about like a pontoon bridge where <laughs> buses can travel across on a raft? This is more like IP tables. Oh. Seem like it's while well, you're on one physical machine. I bet there's some kind of other ones. Open source tool called pontoon. Ooh, you know what? It probably is. You can use floats. Ah, there <laughs> <we go>. <laughs> <laughs> wait. Float 64 or float 32? No, you just ruined it. Okay. Um, all right. So what? So what, the issue is that the Docker bridge uh, disappears, and what's the solution? Uh, just create the Docker bridge separately so Docker doesn't try to uh, associate it with the service. Should you have to do that, though? If you want it to exist after the service is destroyed, yes. Oh, after the service is destroyed. Yes. That makes sense why it wouldn't exist then. Yep. Okay, anything else? Nope. Okay, well, moving on to our next GitHub issue of the week. Our next GitHub issue of the week comes to us from Celia. Sila. Damn it. <laughs> swing Every, and a miss. <laughs> I, the second time I've done that. Hey, swing hard in case Celia you Celia like my lungs. Sila. <laughs> Skyla? Sila. Skyla. Ooh, psilocybin. Yeah. Psilocyla. Sila. Sila. There you go. Okay. Skyla. Storage Sila. proxy. <laughs> storage proxy Scar. prints exception. There we go. Er, uh, storage proxy prints exception errors with bad IP addresses. Faster. <laughs> really? This is pretty bad. Storage proxy prints exception errors with bad IP addresses. That actually helps. So, what's the what's the issue here? I mean, well, that is the issue. But what, it, tell us about what is what is Celia Scylla Scylla Scylla. So Scylla DB is a high performance database that is designed after Cassandra. So it's a column database. Cassandra. Yeah. Cassandra. Okay. Cassandra. 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 Blah blah blah. blah. And anyway, so there's a storage proxy, which is like, oh, this is like to talk to, uh, from like uh, your uh, entry point to talk to, uh, uh, like a proxy, so that way you can just write to disk in one place. And it's like, oh, where are, where are these IP addresses coming from? And it turns out it's actually legit traffic. So this is uh, somebody who is a little, um, yeah, they might want to secure their network, but it's correct, actually. So the IP addresses aren't actually bad? No, they're valid IP addresses. Is, well, the, why don't you comment that on this thing? Because why bother? Why bother? Well, then you could just tell them to listen to our show. Great. Okay, moving on. going to let the, the well, open no, source no, no, world no soliciting suffer. on GitHub. We've been over this. Right. Can I solicit on GitHub? You can try and you can get kicked. Oh, I get kicked. Well, I still haven't actually. I still get this, this message saying that my academic discount coupon has expired because I graduated from college 10 years ago. Stop trying to use your student discount. Look, <laughs> I, my student ID does not have an expiration date. I was going to try to use it for Google I.O. As, as, long as, as, do, as long as you have a valid.edu email. I have a valid.edu email. But how long have you been signed up with uh, the student account? 10 years. <laughs> no, with, with, with GitHub, though. How long have you had like, the oh, student account in GitHub? I did that when we did room that, so two years. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mine expired after two years, too. Okay, but my student ID does not have an expiration date. Yeah, no, it's not about how long you're... Do they actually student... contact the school? No, it's just like well, two, why, why two, can't two years you years this? Up. You get two years. Ah, 
I don't want to spend $20 a year for no, GitHub. Just buy a .edu domain, you'll be set. I have a .edu address. Buy a new domain, so that way you can make a new email and just keep on using new emails. But if they figured out that I'm no longer a student, then why can't they do that again? Just get a new .edu. Can you get me, can you get me a Hofstra.edu address? No. Damn it. Okay, I might have to pay for GitHub. I don't touch that school no more. Tyler, what's going on? Oh, I... There's no boogeyman behind the door. <laughs> I thought I heard someone, like, knocking politely. <laughs> If, if they're at, if they're knocking at that door, we have a big problem. <laughs> I thought maybe because, they, because the door behind you was locked. I thought maybe your girlfriend had a key. No, I don't give out keys. Only keys to my heart. Give me a key. Aww. you have a key to my heart. What? That, that's not your apartment. <laughs> you can rent that space though. Yeah, but how am I supposed to surprise paint your room pink just as a fun prank when you're away? Well, that's exactly why you don't have a key to my apartment. Okay, a moving on to our next face. GitHub issue. Yeah, comes to so us from rude. comes to us from Bolt. 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 Database file size not updating after reaching one gigabyte. And you keep on leaving off DB. Bolt DB. You know, I know. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> that helps. Half the time, I read it from the left one. You know how it says Bolt DB slash Bolt? Just, just Half the just time, read I read it from I the left. There. Just read what I put and there. And then the other time, half the time. There's a from section in the outline. Like when I say, like when, when I say, oh, it's from, you know, when I say, oh, it comes to us from Facebook, you're like, no, it's React. And then this time, it's like, oh, it comes to us from Bolt. That's the right side. And they're like, no, it's the left side. Just read whatever I put in the from section. looking at the notes. This isn't Hebrew school, <laughs> left to right. It's right to left, <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> Wait, no, we read left to right. In Hebrew school, you read right to right. I know, I'm saying this isn't Hebrew school, so so read left to right. (laughs) You need more words in there. Okay, from Bolt DB, database file size not updating after reaching one gigabyte. What's this one? So Bolt DB is a B plus tree based key value store. And um, uh, so the issue is that the file size, uh, it hits one gigabyte and just stops growing. And it actually... Turns out the issue is user error. They just keep on allocating one gigabyte chunks, so that way the file is always set to one gigabyte and doesn't get any larger. Why do they do that? Because they're doing it by accident. Bolt is is allocating. No, it's not Bolt explicitly. It's the user passing in. Oh, allocate one gigabyte. Ah, yeah. Okay. If you leave if you leave that empty, actually, it'll just let the file grow. Oh, yeah. pretty easy. Yep. Okay. Well, moving on to our last. GitHub issue of the week. Our last GitHub issue of the week comes to us from RetroShare, and since it's on both sides of the slash, it doesn't leave any room for ambiguity. Uh, the issue is what is it? Uh, blackout node name providing tunnel files. You actually didn't link to a GitHub issue; you linked to their GitHub repo. Oh, huh. Would you look at that? I did look at that. That's why I didn't know what to read. Okay, so what's RetroShare? Oh. So RetroShare is a friend-to-friend decentralized sharing platform. Not to be confused with peer-to-peer? No, to be exactly confused with peer-to-peer. What's the difference? You have to be friends on Facebook? No, this is like you have to authorize this person to share this file with you. Isn't that what peer-to-peer is? No, peer-to-peer, anybody with a, like a seed file can share that file. Oh, okay. I thought, whatever. Anyway, uh... Blank. All right. So they want to blank out node name provide for providing tunnel files, so you can't see where it is. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Basically, making it more anonymous, but it's the, the the proposed change is not actually hiding it. It's more like just making it harder to find what it is. Security through obscurity is not a good solution. No. No. It no. Is not. Okay. Well, after our GitHub issues, it's time for Tyler's plus one. 
Our Polymer Quest Plus Ones are where we send out well wishes and acknowledgments of awesomeness to people and other organizations. Who's our first plus one this week, Tyler? Number one is Samsung. Samsung. Samsung did a really sweet thing. They released their new phones this week. You can check them out. They're pretty similar, but they decided to keep the headphone jack. Yes. But will the phone explode? Oh, crap. No, that's only the notes, which so far. So far. Well, theoretically, as we've discussed, both the normal Samsungs and the iPhones can both have that same lithium-iron battery that can explode. Yes. Yes. But, but really, the it was Samsung just, seemed to be the one exploding. It was exploding. the Note 7 that was really blowing up. I think the 6 also. The Note 7 was the one that got banned from the airlines. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm very happy about this. You guys know that I need a new phone. And actually, because I'm getting Fios, I might want to switch, combine my phone and internet service. And... Uh, I need a new phone, and I hate the fact that no other phones have headphone jacks these days. And that you have to support Verizon, who's doing terrible things right now. Oh. Well, I mean, I have AT&T. Are they any better? They're no, not, not really. Le- no. They're I've not actually, I think better. I've actually got better service with AT&T than with Verizon in New York, which is I'm, it's that's, odd. That's weird. It is yeah. weird. And I also had my previous experience with Verizon was when I lived in the Metro North. And uh, I got a MiFi. There was surprisingly bad cell phone service along the Northeast Corridor on the train, even oh, with a Verizon MiFi. Bad cell, cell phone service in the suburbs? Imagine that. Well, I mean, it's on the... Yeah, but you're in, like, an industrial yeah, corridor. Think, it's it's a, a populated area. area. Yeah, it is a populated area. With a lot of rich people, too. Exactly. There's a lot of money I, riding on that train line. A lot I of people... I grew up on rich. Long Island, and there were still blackout areas every few blocks. It's shocking that That's that That's when exists. people got punched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. The, the, yeah. Ah, the delayed the delayed laugh is where they where it really nice. Yeah. Okay, your next plus one goes to uh, next plus one goes to Nokia. Nokia, another cell phone company. Yeah, it's a lot of hardware this time. Okay, uh, Nokia announced that they are going to bring back the phone from the Matrix that they call it a banana phone. It's kind of a curved little phone that just in the bottom pops out to open up the uh, the the number pad. It's that that slide thing from the Matrix all the time. Oh yeah, coming back. Uh, not a whole Also, bunch. a song by Raffi, Banana Phone. Ring, 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 really? Banana Phone. Do, 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 do. Oh, wait, that's <laughs> Menomina. <laughs> no, it's a song that's like Menomina, but it's Banana Phone. Yeah, it's, <laughs> not, it's not a smartphone, uh, but they're bringing it back. Uh, it's more of its, uh, you know, kind of a burner phone it's with a retro feel. It's not a smartphone? Feel. I don't think so. Back in 1999, Keanu Reeves was famous for playing Neo in The Matrix with this phone. Okay. Wow. All right, and your last plus one is. Huawei! Huawei! I don't know Huawei. how to pronounce that. Huawei. Huawei? Huawei? Huawei. Huawei. H-U-A-W-E-I. Uh-huh. They, are, uh, they released a new laptop that has a pop-up camera in it. So now Ooh. you know when the camera is actually on. So whenever whenever you on. take off your shirt, it pops up. Yeah. Yeah. But no more sticky notes covering your camera because the NSA might be watching. That's true. But you won't be able to stop them from watching the hidden camera in the bezel that you don't know about. Probably. Yeah. That's yeah. where they get you. Exactly. <laughs> the MateBook X Pro. They're really trying to rip off Apple with this this nomenclature. Except they have a, a function row of keys, huh? <laughs> well, they, you know, Apple does, or used to, before they ruined it with the before, another screen. The yet, before a, time. yet another screen. You can buy the touch bars without the touch bar. bar. You can buy the new MacBook Pro without the touch bar, by the way. The oh. keyboard is still awful, and the mouse pad is too big. But you get, like, with your hardware, too. What? You have worse hardware. Yeah, you do have worse hardware. Ugh. Hopefully they fix stuff, but this is not an Apple attack because it's our plus one. Woo, woo wee. Yeah, number fifty. Number fifty. Now Eric, we've done like thirty-five plus ones. It's pretty good. Now Eric's drinking some whiskey. 
Nope, because it's caramel colored and gives me acid reflux. Ooh, Eric will die. I'm not going to die. Yeah. I'll just, just right hear here. me. If Eric just, has acid, he will die. I'm not like uh, Danny Bonaducci, where he takes this drug because he's such an alcoholic, where if he has one drop of alcohol, it'll kill him. Talk wow. about an addiction. If, that, if, that's the, if that's the measures that you need to stop drinking, then we should party problem. with him. Well, you should have partied with him back in the 70s, I guess, or the 80s. When... Yeah, talk to me in uh, <laughs> 30 that, years. He had that Partridge family money. <laughs> so, Ooh, that's good money. That was good money. Okay, well, um, after your plus ones, Tyler, let's keep this train a-moving with my... Plus twos. Apple attack! Where we take a nice little poop on Apple. Poop emoji. This week... When the iPhone X came out, Apple said, you won't worry about needing to charge your headphones and listen to music at the same time. Charge your phone and listen to music at the same time because we have a wireless charging mat. Well, that doesn't exist yet. But it might this week, Apple, or this month, next month, sorry, March, in March. Apple will begin selling its AirPower wireless charging mat next month, according to Japanese website, Mac Otakara. Otakara. I'm really bad with the pronunciation tonight. And... It's just really sad that Apple hinges the functionality of one of their new phones on something that just doesn't quite exist yet. Next! Hey, Extra, you can charge wirelessly on the pad that we haven't released yet. We haven't released yet, and don't buy the first generation because it's going to suck. Uh, Guaranteed! Here's, here's something funny. There's a French protest group called Attack, A-T-T-A-C, that has been protesting in Apple stores in France. They protest. And uh, the high court... You do not agree with Apple. Yeah. The do not like their products. The high court of Paris on Friday denied Apple's request for an injunction that would have blocked act- the activist group Attack from protesting at the company's retail stores across France. As it has been doing for the past several months. Uh, I gotta give it to France. They have some strong laws that are really kicking uh, Facebook and some of the other big social media giants in the uh, places where it hurts. Yeah, and well, this is, I mean, this has got to be really bad for Apple. If, look what they've done to the exterior of an Apple store. France, Germany, and We are and shoving I- baguettes Ireland. up to where the sun does not shine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. the, court, the court order a- uh, added that attack and acted in accordance with the European Union statutes of association defined, and defined the protest as a matter of public interest. We've Apple been... has been ordered to pay 2,000 euros to cover a tax legal fees. Oof! 2,000 euros? According to the order, which was earlier reported by French website Mac Generation. We invented wow. democracy, and you are in violation. Yeah. That's, uh... We wow. want the more sausages and more cigarettes. Yeah. We uh, do not have enough no. cigarettes. Yes. The last punch in the Apple More attack... cigarette ads on Facebook, please. <laughs> <laughs> French people demand. Why don't you friend Philip Morris and see what happens? Um, <laughs> we're not allowed to advertise, but you can still like our posts. Anyway, um, Apple's Elk Grove repair facility makes about 20 accidental 911 calls every day. <laughs> Due to a bug in iOS 11, or it's a new feature, not a bug this time, there's an emergency SOS feature that allows you, if you hit the home button five times on an, on an old iPhone, or you press... The side buttons, you hold them down, it will emergency SOS call 911, and their repair facility in California, their Elk Grove repair facility, has been making 20 accidental 911 calls every day. So if they actually burn down, they're in trouble. Yes. <laughs> the times when it's oh, great. Oh, look, it's the boy who cried wolf, Tim <laughs> Cook. <laughs> we've, been seeing, we've been seeing these calls for the last four months from Apple, said police dispatcher Jamie Hudson. Dispatchers say the call started back in October, and typically there's no one on the other line. 
quote, The times when it's greatly impacting us is when we have other slash real emergencies happening, and we may have a dispatcher on another 911 call that may have to put that call on hold to triage the incoming fake call. They're going to have to keep a, an ambulance and a fire truck there on, on staff all the time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Apple, of course, in their ultimate arrogance said, We're aware of 911 calls originating from our Elk Grove repair facility. We take this seriously and we're working closely with law enforcement to make sure this doesn't have continue. I See, wonder... What the public doesn't know, they're legitimate calls. It's just the hostages that they're holding. <laughs> And they all and all of the hostages have iPhone X's, I guess. I wonder if that happens in other countries, like the Canadian phone number for nine one one, whatever that is. is. <laughs> I don't that's know. A. I think that's actually nine. Oh, a. <laughs> no, that is nine one one. A. Yes. <laughs> so emergency. A. <laughs> so don't buy a new iPhone, and that's our Apple attack. Ah. Ah. Wish it has like an apple to throw at you. <laughs> Don't throw fruit at me in my own apartment, Tyler. Yeah, he's gonna get a swirly after this anyway. In his own exactly. apartment. Ooh, you should make him bob for apples in his own <laughs> toilet while he's getting a swirly. Oh, don't make me puke. <laughs> I, I hate drinking water because it's like from the toilet. That was that was a a uh, idiocracy reference. Oh, it was, yeah, it's got stuff plants need. Yeah, <laughs> Brondo. It has electrolytes. What plants crave? Oh man, <laughs> what's his face? Is his character is Terry so great? Yeah, he, he is always hilarious. He well, is Terry so Crews might actually funny. run for president. So <laughs> no, um, probably vote for him. No. I'd, I'd vote for him after Oprah, of course. No, no, no. Oh, uh, what's her face? Isn't gonna let her. What's her friend's name? Stedman. That's her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's not gonna let her. Yeah, hasn't Stedman been through enough? He doesn't need this. <laughs> that poor guy. Uh, I said, yeah, so sorry for it. What is he, her rem- husband? R- yeah, and remember, or, or the, her more, life more partner. Just, yeah. But the, the thing no, is... her life partner is that lady she's best friends with. Who's that? I don't know. She's, <laughs> what? She's like a lady friend. I think I know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah, with the uh, Gail. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Stedman's like the, the technical, like the tax break marriage, but... Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Plus their business entwined, so it just makes sense. <laughs> They've been making things efficient for years. I mean, he he has that Oprah money by uh, so association, so when, when you have Oprah money, who's complaining? I mean, uh, well, that's the thing, is that Oprah is universally loved by people and has a billion dollars. Why run for president? Why have the chance of ruining I it? I don't know. Every once in a while when you hear Oprah being mentioned, you hear somebody in the crowd just go, ugh. Who doesn't like Oprah? Eh. Who also isn't I racist? I don't like Oprah as a potential candidate for running the country i don't i don't I like oprah though <laughs> i think she is a nice person yeah those, those two aren't the same no yes. okay you know, even someone said it about bush like i'd like him i just don't want him to be the boss of me i'd have a beer with him that's why he won yeah. by the way is people wanted a president i'm not kidding they wanted a president that they could literally have a beer with and they got him yep. a former alcoholic and coke addict anyway um he just Define has fine a lot of brand equity oh when you, i mean an alcoholic in the 70s was a pity he must have been doing a lot anyway. The, the definition for alcoholism was like if you have more than 12 drinks a week. Well, a definition for oh. mass shootings is if more like, than three people... I drink once a week and I'm an alcoholic. That's not fair. Yeah. Hey, listen. I mean, listen. The definition for mass shootings is if three or more people die. That's Is that really mass? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, because the whole thing You know what? Because this just people. happened in Florida, let's not make light of this. Anyway, we can make light of something Everyone's else that's tangentially related. Oh, shut up. Because <laughs> the, our next segment has something to do with the FCC. Oh, yeah. I know all about the FCC. That's right. The NRA gives Ajit Pai, the national douchebag, the Courage Award, 
and gun and and a gun for quote saving the internet. No. Yeah. No. The, wait, did you get this off of like Gawker or Jezebel? Ars Technica. This isn't the Onion. No. <laughs> and things that easily could have been the Onion. That sounds like the Onion. It's Come no. On. It's too. That's why we're living in a post-ironic society. The NRA gave its Charleston Heston Courage Under Fire Award to Ajit <laughs> Pai, chairman of the FCC. Are they are they trying to get DDoS? Because that's how you get the internet to DDoS. Oh my you. God. I mean, look. No, oh. people already don't like. They're going to take down their website. The NRA is going to be closed for a week online. People already don't like the NRA. This just makes it worse. They're going to get so DDoS. They're, they're just poking, throwing rocks at all the people that want net neutrality, which is the world. I didn't think the NPR, I don't, I don't, the NPR, sorry, NRA, I didn't think the NRA could say anything that made them look any worse right now. But <laughs> yeah. Here, no, check this out. Ajit Pai, as you already know, has saved the internet. Oh, well, you know, we got Kim Kardashian breaking the internet every few weeks. That's different. Uh, she's sitting on it. Uh, the American Conservative Union ACU Executive Director Dan Schneider told the audience, uh, the ACU is the host of CPAC, that's a conservative political action conference that went on this past week in Maryland. Uh, well, that's like Republican Coachella. Exactly. If they're conservative, they're not supposed to take action. Well, they said that. <laughs> uh, there you go. They said that they. Pi, they said that Pi fought to preserve your free speech rights as a member of the FCC's Republican minority during the Obama administration. Schneider said Pi fought and won against all odds, but the Obama administration had had some curveballs that they had implemented these regulations to take over the internet. The only way that that helps the NRA is if they have stock in. Uh, Top-level domain providers. No, no. not not, not t- TLDs, not at all. Not no. even them. Sorry. No, just ISPs. The only just, people. Well, what's, what's, the only people sorry, that benefit from this. The, the, be- the only people that benefit from what, uh, uh, the net ne- anti-net neutrality stuff is Verizon, Comcast. Why would the NRA get involved? Everyone else loses because well, they pay more for it. If internet, you look at who's in the NRA, internet. some Verizon execs are in the NRA. Oh no, I'm about to get a Verizon service. Yeah, no, you're uh, funding the yeah, you're not Okay, but look, my because Pay of the rain. Okay, but because no, my I internet went out twice in the last week because of the rain. NYC Mesh, bro. Optimum. I'm on Optimum. NYC it went Mesh. out because of the rain. I'm not trusting an ad hoc wireless network my, for my digital because of the rain. You're, I'm on the. I found out I'm on the Queen's electricity grid. Remember we talked about this last week? How all the electricity. I know you're a queen. Under- you tell us all the time. Funny. Nah, okay. <laughs> well, it turns yeah, out... For the uh, listeners at home, uh, Eric is currently wearing a RuPaul headdress. You know, it's the, I go to the drag race events that are sponsored by Jezebel. It's fun. Anyway. He's a designer and a coder. The thing is, is that... <laughs> the thing is, is that this, this gun award, it actually is a gun... A, and it's worth more than $200, which raises some ethics concerns with the FCC because they are not allowed to accept gifts that are larger valued than $200. I don't think they sell guns cheaper than $200. I thought a gun was like $800 bucks minimum. Yeah. That's the point, Tyler. So, I, I don't know what else to say other than he just... And, and, and of course, Pi hasn't really said anything about breaking more laws to befriend other... Whatever, and NGOs. You know, it's a, you know it's a real interesting black hole? A rabbit hole that you can go down is What's that? Uh, between encryption and uh, and guns is people three D printing guns. That has been a thing. Yeah, people have been able to three D print guns that don't get picked up by metal detectors. Yeah, because yeah. they don't have they don't have uh, commercially available metal three D printers yet. If they do, they're brand new. No, but you could also just make them out of plastic. plastic, and they still work. No, that's what I'm saying. Yep. So all these guns have been made out of plastic. They're, yeah, they're usually single use, but yeah. 
Well, if yeah, they, if they shoot good, up to like a hundred times, and then at the most, and then they just. They if you're a good enough simple. shot, all you need is one. Anyway, nice. Yeah. Over 100 will do you plenty of damage. <laughs> nice segue, Tyler, of course, because it's time for... Theresa May murders the internet! With and a she plastic re- assault rifle that she printed at home. Yes, and by the way, the, uh, it's actually uh, another member of the Commonwealth, not Theresa May. Uh, did you know that the Prime Minister from Australia, Malcolm Turnbull, who famously said the laws of Australia trump the laws of physics... Uh, when talking about um, oh, no, it's from the laws it. of mathematics when talking about decryptable encryption. Yeah. Um, Australia's and he was and by the way he was at a press conference with Trump this week about uh, how to prevent mass shootings and I don't want to take any more of his ideas if he if that's the way that he thinks. Well, it's you, still you know violent. how Australians go. That isn't. A They're knife. all criminals. This is a knife. <laughs> oh, but I mean they are they are a penal colony. Like it makes sense that you take their guns away. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, where's my? That, uh, means, that means two things. <laughs> I should have kept going. I think we we're on the exact same timeline. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this is Australia's Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton has waded into the global crypto debate, uttering the familiar demand that the tech sector provide what politicians want, while adding the, what the gov- that the government will protect Australians from cyber threats. Dutton on Wednesday told Australia's National Press Club today, which was uh, three days ago, uh, ubiquitous encryption, a vital tool of all of us for secure personal banking and other communications, including messaging, has become a significant obstacle for ter- to terrorism investigations. Because, quote, decryption takes time, uh, the industry needs to make message recovery as trivial as a phone wire tap. Quote, law enforcement access to encrypted communication should be on the same basis as telephone and other intercepts in which other companies provide vital and willing assistance and respond to court orders. Now, what this guy still hasn't got is that you can't decrypt something that's been encrypted properly, because as we say almost every week, encryption is math. Thank you. I well, love I love these live shows where I can just cue you. See, that's why I like doing it live. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, so the one caveat is the fact that with a quantum computer, you can brute force RSA within a matter of a few hours. What if you had a longer? Uh, that's with the current key size, though. That's with a uh, five twelve bit uh, key size. Isn't everything doing ten twenty four twenty forty eight bit keys now? You can. Um, but it looks but like basically with quantum computing, if that but kicks in, still... we have to dub- we'd have to go way higher than that. Yeah. We have to put it to megabytes. You'd have to, okay. you'd have to encrypt with the quantum computer. Well, you know what? <laughs> if that's the case, and I did read this article that uh, serious quantum quantum computing so every is now encrypted available. encrypted thing would be going over the cloud to the Watson, and then they could just figure out what well, it is before. The, the US, Watson is a supercomputer, not the, a quantum computer. I'm sorry, U- but whenever the they The U.S. Get government does have that, that uh, hole in the ground in Utah that's $2 billion, and I'm sure they have a few Watsons and quantum computers there. So that's why now, I have Watson just got a couple Watsons just kicking in. You, that the government can buy with our tax money. They Wait, so... Use the API, but they do not have a facility. And most how do you know? Because I know people who work on Watson. Uh, they wouldn't be allowed to tell you if the government were using Watsons in an array for secret intelligence investigations. Then how come AWS does that for their uh, AWS Gov? They do do that. I know. They release this info though. I know. I, I don't know. <laughs> IBM is not Amazon. Okay, I have a question. What's that? Um. Uh, okay, so everyone's all in this like flare about about encryption right and blah 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 blah, blah encryption blah, blah blah so okay if if eric sends something to christian and i suspect they're doing bad things i want to be able to intercept that message and if it's encrypted oh i'm in trouble i can't read it right well if all the government has all this like hardware level stuff anyway then basically can't they find out what's on your end and what's on the other end every time christian receives something eric sends something i already know what the message is anyway and that's exactly why i have no sympathy for the exactly government. if they're already there 
They already have the, the tools at their disposal. They just want to make it easier for them to sit on their butt well, and click a button and yeah. pull the, and pull up a yeah, feed and you're gonna of like, someone's stuff. They gonna gonna actually, you're saying they need to bug the physical device first. But Which, they already are. We know that. We found out that pretty much every big physical device has had NSA bugs in it in the last decade. So it's basically irrelevant at, at that point. Don't touch my um, mic. But and, and so there's no point in attacking encryption because if you get rid of that, then that's the foundation that all of like banking everything secure that we do online is exactly. upon. So just, just hmm. shut up and just just bug us at the at the hardware level like you're gonna do because we can't stop it. Well, we we and talked so, about so well, there, there are wait, wait, ways to stop. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We did talk about hardware level bugging in our two episodes on encryption that we did, and you remember the Clipper chip that came that was from the '90s. That was actually a real effort that didn't make it. Uh, I'd say that uh, so, most computers don't have hardware bugs, but a lot of them do have software bugs. Bugs isn't not bugs isn't snooping mm-hmm. devices, not errors in the yeah. software. So, Christian, are you able to make an app that would that would able to be able to bypass anything that would actually be hardware level? So, the most secure way to bypass it is, and these are rare, hard to find like, things. Okay, so say we wanted to make you, a messaging app that where even if we were hardware level bug in our device, you wouldn't be able to tell what is going on. So the app itself, that would be difficult, but you can get hardware that'll do this. Like you can get keyboards that will actually encrypt the screen before it uh, hits. Talk mobile devices. The computer, mobile devices. This is where more difficult. This is where chatting happens. You, you could, ha- you could, in theory, have a keyboard that encrypts it, the the letters before it makes it to. Uh, like I don't, ah. I don't, I don't know enough about how the. Uh, could you really stop at that, work, at that point? It, it doesn't if, have to hit the. If you it encry- have to hit the hardware first. If you hit, if you go for. Well, yes, but I, I, you could. Uh, so phones are going to be a much more. I mean, if you jailbreak it, it's going to hit the hardware. But, so it's a question of where does the bug come in? Does it come in in the system bus where it's actually receiving these I/O streams from like, your keyboard, or is it cu- coming in at like an earlier point? Are we talking hardware or software? Hardware. It sounds like if you had, I don't if think, you were the government, I don't think it's going to be a hardware bug. I think it's going to be a, like a rootkit. It sounds like if you were the government and you were able to hardware well, bug case, whatever you wanted to do, no matter what, you could do something that would catch everything. On a phone, it's very likely that I don't know enough, enough about how the touch keyboards work to be able to encrypt. Well, in the future, we won't have real computers. We'll only have phones and tablets that are completely locked down. In the I, I we'll have holograms that ever. look like phones, and yeah. kids won't know what phone means. Well, there was that annoying Apple commercial where that girl on the, I don't want to assume her gender, but uh, on the person. iPad person they. with an X said, uh, what's a computer? When using an iPad. But someone who's 16 that doesn't no, know what a computer is is I, I a think little dim. in the engineering world, you'll always have physical computers. You better. I, I wonder what they're going to change the save icon to and kids just really don't understand what the kids. No, what is. kids say. No, what kids well, are you saying. Well, you already have a new thing for that, which is like the down arrow. That's just download. Cases. That's not save. Well, okay, that's true. But, but the thing is, is no, no, what happens. Wait, ha- kids, no, are you when, saving things locally anymore? Talk. Yes. When uh, kids see floppy disks, they go, oh, cool, you 3D printed the save icon. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Yes. Anyway, uh, moving on to our cryptocurrency connection. Triple C. Triple C. China China has a crypto crackdown on our cryptocurrency connection, and that was fake. It's a hoax. Well, that, that caused a huge crash. It did cause a huge crash. And if you could short Bitcoin, yes. Uh, several media sources reported that China will block all websites related to cryptocurrency trading and ICOs, including foreign exchanges. But this turned out to be caused by a hacker. 
A mailbox at the Haifei branch of the People's Rep- Bank of China was hacked, and a bogus press release was sent from the mailbox to several media organizations and newspapers. The press release claimed that the Hong Kong Monetary Authority and the BPO and the PBOC are about to jointly introduce new measures to ban, quote, all aspects and services of Bitcoin trading in both mainland, mainland China and Hong Kong. The fake press release also said that PBOC and HKMA will announce new, a new anti-money laundering regulatory framework on the 14th of February. It claimed that the purpose was to extend the crackdown to all virtual currency and services and activities of both individuals and businesses, including market makers, mining operators, trading platforms, and wallets. Did that shake up the price? Yeah, that was dropped. a big crash. The other that the, was uh, a crash because a fake announcement that yep. China was going to stop trading Bitcoin yep. and all the other digital currencies fell because of that because they're all so heavily tethered yep. to Bitcoin. Let's take a look at what Coinbase has right now. That I was like a twenty-five percent drop. So also at this, I would like to mention, even if this was true, it is not hard to get around the Great uh, Firewall. What they do is oh, they crap, send I went a, to Coinbase.org uh, instead of Coinbase.com. Now I have spyware. <laughs> Oh no! That's really the best new name for something. The Great Firewall of China. That that that, that been has been the name for like for, twenty years. I know. I just I just wanted to you know re- recant on it for a second. Okay. It's beautiful. But anyway, the way it works for the most part is it identifies traffic and just sends a TC bit, TC TC bit saying down this traffic. But you can send a down a down packet right back at that down packet, and all of a sudden it's like you're downing the down packet and you have your traffic flowing freely. Go down on that packet. Yeah. Yes, and thank you for stalling for time while I try to log in with two-factor authentication on Coinbase, and, and because I cleared the cache, it thinks it's a new computer. <laughs> Great, thanks, Coinbase. By the way, receiving two-factor Eric has authentication. Eric Coinbase account. His email is. Well, it's two-factor authentication, but two-factor authentication over text messages hacked. is not secure. It's a. Oh. And Eric's wa- Eric's wallet is zero x six f a e. Oh, how many? Four. Batman symbol four. Yes, my yeah, it's actually sixty four characters. How many bones you lose, brah? Bitcoin is at ninety six hundred bucks. That's not that bad. That's where it should be. I was an idiot when I bought it. <laughs> Ethereum is at eight fifty two. Twenty k, buy. I I still have made a decent amount. Uh, a, a couple bucks on Ethereum. Uh, Litecoin, I think I'm a little far, a little down. Yeah, I messed Let's up. Talk real coin. What's Dentacoin at? I don't know. Anyway, what's Aircoin? Let's go. The cheapies. How about Tyler Coin? <laughs> oh, that's that's real. Valuable. You can make a yeah. Mm-hmm. There's um, only one in existence, and <laughs> so it's worth quite a lot. <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, one last thing to mention: uh, Salon Magazine is using uh, a cryptocurrency miner on their website. If you use an ad blocker, yes, they're mining uh, a cryptocurrency called Monero. We've talked about that before, and you can take a look at the CPU load. When you go on their website, you'll hear your fans spin up. Why? Because you're mining for them. 100% of my CPU is now used by them to mine cryptocurrency. As my computer slows to a crawl and quickly begins to heat up, I struggle to navigate their website. So, I saw a really cool project about Well, this, hold but... on, hold on. Do you think it's ethical for a company that makes its money on display ads to use cryptocurrency mining if you have an ad blocker on? Yes or no? Yeah. I, you know why? Because it, 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 this should be totally free and up to the creators of the website. This shouldn't be something that's regulated. Okay, but if, it, if your computer turns into... If it becomes unusable when you go on their website... So what? It's, on, it's on you as the user, then, to protect <laughs> yourself from that. That's true. And so what I was going to say is, at least for Linux users, I've seen a project where you can actually use BPF to see, like, what is the stack trace doing? 
and you can actually identify miners. And well, I was going to say, there's got to be an anti-cryptocurrency miner or miner blocker. You, you, can, you, you can kick it at the kernel level pretty easily. Kick it to the kernel. Well, kick it out of the kernel. Out of the kernel. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't want to get too political. As you guys know, I love talking about politics Garrett on the show. Garrett going to get too political. I'm going to get too <laughs> political, though, right now. We can already see him getting a half-chub. Because, hey, stop looking. My <laughs> face is up here, Christian. Okay? He's wearing all black, and he still oh. can't conceal it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, these are sweatpants. Um, no, so... Uh, he may be Jewish, but he's got kielbasa. Oh. <laughs> 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 That, Wrong um, sound uh, clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it just got weird. <laughs> I like getting out of the comfort zone. Okay, um, so uh, we love talking about uh, without referencing directly Lord Dampnut, Cheeto Jesus, number oh, forty-five, Donald J. Trump. I need an air horn. The human poop sound emoji. The, yeah, there actually on Slack is a Trump poop emoji now. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, I, I haven't looked, but I would it's actually it. pretty. Funny. Is it as good as the koala bear with the uh, with the stick up its butt? No, I that haven't is seen on that one. Gmail on Gchat. Oh, on if you Gchat. Look at that, go to your emojis, scroll right, and then go to the one with the little like gray and white bear, and then right there you'll see he's crying and he's got a stick up his butt. He's not happy about it. Can't <laughs> believe they've had that. It's been there for like five. They years. They should use that as like their HTTP four hundred image. <laughs> <laughs> I said it to my friends all the time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so we, we, like, we like talking tangentially about uh, Lord Dampnut. And, Quicktangent.com. Uh, exactly. And uh, uh, one of his chief camp- his campaign chief during his campaign, uh, which, who may possibly have ties to uh, La Cosa Nostra, uh, Paul Manafort, uh, has been indicted because he couldn't figure out how to oh, convert God. PDFs into Microsoft Word files and so back to great. PDFs. <laughs> That's right. It's it's too the talk about should be should be the onion, but it's too true. Let's hear it from our news department. Pneumonium presents news to you. Washington, DC. Former presidential campaign chairman and current douchebag Paul Manafort was indicted by a grand jury back in October for a variety of crimes most notably to defraud the United States. This week, however, Manafort and his partner, Rick Gates, were indicted again by the federal pasta chief, Robert Mueller. Manafort was found falsifying corporate accounting documents in order to secure $16 million in loans after the 2016 election. Manafort unwittingly left a paper trail of illegal edits made to profit and loss statements. He emailed his partner Gates a PDF that showed the company's true profit and loss. However, Gates converted this file to a PDF, this file which was a PDF, to a Microsoft Word document and sent it back to Manafort, who edited the financials and sent it back again to Gates to convert to a final PDF. This PDF was then used to defraud investors and lenders. However, because the real documents have been floating around an email, it created a digital paper trail that has finally bit him in the ass. So what happens to computer security going forward? Only time will tell. And so many Americans are afraid of what happens next. We at least know the world still turns and the truth marches on. That's why this has been News to Use. Brought to you by Pneumonium. Oh, man, that was so great. Oh. Can I simplify? That was so great. Can I simplify the story? Like... In an this is one of the funniest because in case in case anyone like wants a more simpler version to pretend that uh, it's Manafort and what's his name Gates okay Gates and Gate who not Gates, Bill 
Yeah, Gates was the one that was converting the documents, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so Manafort doesn't know how to convert his, his Word documents to PDF, and you can't edit a PDF, or at least he didn't know how. So so he had a comp- Manafort has his company, and he wants to, uh, he wants to fl- flub the numbers on because they're terrible, and he wants to make it look like they're super profitable. So he says, okay, well, I need... Here's my actual numbers in a PDF. Can you actually convert this to a Word document so that I can edit it? And so he goes, okay, sure. And so he, he converts it, emails it back, and then he flubs it and then sends the flubbed email back so the other guy can convert it back to a PDF. And this goes on back and forth. So now the government has a trail of the emails showing the two different versions of the document and the official one. And then the way he flubbed it, just because he couldn't figure out himself how to convert a document. That's right. Baby boomers who can't use computers will be the death of them. Supervillains used to be geniuses. <laughs> now that <laughs> was before the internet. And smart, and now they can't convert a document. The problem is Manafort was doing this himself. He should have roped in one of his assistants. But I guess then, if they knew what he was doing, then that would also be. Seriously, I mean, to be, to be fair, Le- Lex Luthor is still learning how to get rid of all of those extra task bars on his browser. <laughs> he still has Lex Luthor. Probably has a million of those Internet Explorer toolbars. You can't even see the screen. Yeah, man. Like, how can really? You can't. You can't spend five minutes to Google in incognito mode how to convert a document. <laughs> incognito, in- incognito is just not going to help you there. Tore. It's not going to help you. Tore. But they, do you think that they would have gotten that Google search result in yes. this case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they figured that, this out. Do you think that oh. would have been as incriminating? Okay, wait, remember this. But they still, actually, that, that wait, wait, hold on. It's not incriminating. Just remember, just remember this. The, 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 uh, the feds also ma- managed to catch a few years ago General Petraeus divulging classified information to someone else, saving it as a Gmail draft and not sending the email. They managed to figure that out. So I would that's, say that, yes, you you got to use Tor. They, they would figure this out. General, you should have pulled the trigger. You shouldn't have hesitated on what you're going to say in that Gmail. <laughs> If you would have just straight shot him, you wouldn't have gotten in this trouble. Yes. And uh, let's see. One last... That's crazy, though. So you're more secure. You have really less of a paper trail on Gmail if you if you send your email off in one shot and not draft it. Well, or, you can still go through sent. It's not like it's that improved. But there's a there's something different. No, I mean, there's many more ways that it could be picked up if you don't if you do send it. But if you do send Gmail to Gmail, it probably stays within Google's ecosystem. But the point is that even though all of it's supposed to be encrypted, uh, the draft somehow was not. Anyway. Wild. It is. Anyway. Oh, that was funny. Loopholes. <laughs> that was funny. Um, here's something that you know a lot about, Christian. Bro culture. What? Uh, Why would I know about that? Bro culture in You're Google. You're from Strong Island, bro. Uh, That's has, fair. has led to violence and <laughs> sexual harassment against a female engineer, a lawsuit alleges. And uh, I highlighted stuff, but the highlights aren't pulling up. That's really sad. Uh, well, we remember James Damore's lawsuit that ended his career, right? Uh, he said that Google has been uh, uh, Ill- illegally or just unethically promoting people uh, uh, from minority backgrounds just because of their minority background to go against this kind of toxic masculinity white bro culture so he was that pervades the, the tech industry. Nelson Baghetti. He was a neo-Nazi sympathizer that said that Google should not call him a neo-Nazi sympathizer. No, he was just... Calling uh, him a neo-Nazi sympathizer was right up there with your Steve Harvey comment from a few weeks ago. Don't. No, don't. That was a funny don't. comment. Don't. This is... It's, it's a very big charge. He made sexist remarks, and that was that was 
the end of it, really, and then... Along with the end of his career. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, a young female engineer at male-dominated Google, and it's interesting because this kind of goes against what James Damore was saying about how everything is factionalized and how Google explicitly hires more women than men and puts women in positions of power more than men. But yet now that it says, young female engineer at male-dominated Google, Loretta Lee was slapped groped and even had a co-worker pop up from beneath her desk one night and tell her she'd never know what he'd been doing under there according to a lawsuit filed in, against the Mountain View tech giant. The lawsuit comes to Silicon Valley's tech industry denom- uh, dominated by white men. Has been railroaded by roiled by a series of sexual misconduct scandals and gender-related upheavals as the Me Too movement hashtag against sexual assault of women has prompted a nationwide cultural reckoning. I think men got assaulted in the Me Too movement as well, but we don't care about men. Yeah, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, but who's Terry th- Crew? Who's talking about them? Uh, GQ Magazine's article about Brendan Fraser, and he's coming back, and he's going to be dope AF. Yeah, no, that would be yeah, cool. But I, I, the thing is, Cruz. The Cruz thing is, got... the thing is, <laughs> is that uh, I, people uh, just don't. Finger. No, but they just let it die. Just they just let it die if it happens to men, and there are no safe spaces for no. Abuse no men. one's letting anything die anymore. It's 2018, brah. No, it still very much is. Anyway. Uh, Google said Friday that it has strong policies against harassment in the workplace and reviews every complaint it receives. And let's it by James Damore. We take action when we find violations, including termination of employment, a company spokesperson said. T-O-E. Lee claims that the severe and pervasive sexual harassment she experienced included daily abuse and egregious incidents. In addition to making lewd comments to her and ogling her constantly, Lee's male co-workers spiked her drinks with whiskey and laughed about it and shot nerf balls and darts at her, quote, almost every day. That's got to be annoying. It sounds exactly like that toxic bro culture. Maybe she was shooting nerf nerf balls and darts back. I don't know. One male colleague sent her a text message asking if she wanted a horizontal hug. While show while what? another showed uh, <laughs> what is exactly, that? It's the beast with two wow. backs. While another showed up at her apartment with a bottle of liquor, offering to help her fix a problem with one of her devices and refusing to leave when she asked him to. Jesus, these guys are creepy. I yeah, don't want a this, white this is, knight here. Why, why but, can't work be just work? Yeah, these guys suck because they get these people right out of college, and Google is just like a bigger Google, college. Yeah, Google does hire like. Really, right out of college, unless like you get put on, like, oh, hey, we got these like leading products, and then it's like, we'll hire you as more of the senior people I've encountered are Our, senior, and, and they're like encounter. 25. I know, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, sorry, it, Tyler, it, we can't like, work at Google anymore. A, lo- wow. a lot of like the uh, um, app, uh, if you're working on a web app, chances are you're fresh out of college at Google, right. At a holiday party, Lee was slapped in the face by an intoxicated male coworker for no apparent reason. Wow. Anyway, let's take a quick break. Why can't work just be work? Because if work were work, it wouldn't be nearly as fun. I enjoy my work, and it's just work. Yeah, but you say you're you're like a computer. (laughs) It's different. Computers also enjoy doing work. But let's take take a quick break. Saffron's, do you live in New York City? Well, if you do, Pneumonium has a beautiful new product for you. It's called Where Am I? Your five borough compass navigator to help you get anywhere from Staten Island to the Bronx. Simply go to www.whereami.nyc and enable location services on your mobile device to find your closest neighborhood borough and three subway stops to you wherever you are. No ads, no tracking, just geospatial brilliance. That's Where Am I? Brought to you by Pneumonia. 
Pneumonium Reinventing Media Daily. That's a nice break. You should probably just record that, honestly. <laughs> I love doing it every week. It's a good, it's a good test for my voice. Mm. I, I don't read it either. I've just memorized it. Just like the intro. Because we've done it 50 times. Have I done Where Am I 50 times? They'd be um, 47. 47, yeah. 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 Um, if the horse ain't dead yet, he's real close. <laughs> <laughs> and because Amen. I'm not tracking anyone, I don't know how many people are using the website. Anyway, um, you know what? You guys are drinking. It's not an after dark episode. Should I get a drink? Yeah. Duh. All right. Go go keep the people occupied. I'll get something. All right. People, yeah. what's up? How it's you me doing? And Christian. Wiggity wiggity. <laughs> we do some freestyle. Yeah. Word. This is chill. Hey, no cultural appropriation, all right? <laughs> How is word cultural appropriation? And you can't say word. This is tropical say, chill hop, and you're ruining the vibe. Okay. Yeah, we we say words to each other all the time. <laughs> words and stuff. And <laughs> uh, so you've seen any good movies lately? Yeah, actually, uh, we we've seen it, and we were telling Eric to watch it. Uh, Futile and stupid gesture. Ooh, dope movie. It's about the creation of National Lampoon. Yeah, it's definitely. Crazy. I didn't realize that. they were like. Uh, they were just a, a funny magazine at Harvard, and they were the Harvard Lampoon, and then they were like, screw it, let's go do national stuff, let's be a real full-blown magazine, and National Lampoon was born. Yeah. And then it does get a little dark, but also Netflix put out an actual documentary of the same story, pretty accurate, uh, like, uh, like, like there were very few differences between the futile and stupid gesture and the documentary, but... There were, like, a few things where it was like, oh, yeah, no, this happened this way, or, like, um, they were like, oh, yeah, no, she never dated O'Donohue, she dated some other dude, and there's like, oh, yeah, they also left at this story or that story, but overall, it's pretty accurate, like, the, the, the original movie was actually pretty accurate, it turns out. You know, I gotta say, uh, I think Netflix has had a really interesting, uh, kind of last year or so, they've almost rebranded without rebranding in a way and just like with their with their content like sure they get yeah. they, you know they get made fun of for greenlighting so much stuff but at the same time a it's brought us so many things for, and so much like niche satisfaction nope. my only issue is they just keep on giving adam sandler work why <laughs> oh no why? You know just, just let the guy die he's in pain you can see it no he's chilling he just enjoys giving work to his friends <laughs> that's uh, true yeah, I think he admitted that. But no, um, I've realized that no. Reb Schneider needs last, to learn like, how to stand on his own. The last six months, there's consistently like something just about every other month or so that everyone's got to watch or something big. They've got something exclusive now. Oh, totally. I still haven't seen it, but Cloverfield Paradox is next on my list. Huh. Yeah, the Chappelle Show is one. That oh, those are great. stupid thing. The Wet Hot American Summer, I think, was exclusive to them. Oh, yeah. The, 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 like that whole series is a classic, too. Like, uh, like that is one where like. Uh, the original one wasn't uh, exclusive to them, but then they did two sequels, and that was amazing. They've really got a command, and they've really got people needing needing their content now. Yeah, it's data-driven content. That's how they do it. They're just like, oh, X amount of users uh, watch this movie, so we want to uh, start making movies more like this. Yeah, and I hope they don't start charging more, because truth be told, they're getting to a point where they could start charging me a decent amount more, and I would still pay. What are you, you talking know, about? I would. Netflix. Ah, their content has become really, really great. Yeah. In the last and you know six what they could do? Year. They could just buy all of the production companies from HBO. 
They could just go up to the production companies that make the HBO shows and say, we'll pay you 20% more to make it for us. Same, no restrictions. Ooh, dirty. And they could just, they could just poach HBO. Yeah, I don't think that's going to It's not going to happen poached. for the entrenched shows that are already on HBO, but the new stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, well, I've got, I've got my drink, so why don't we... Uh... What's your drink in there? It's a, it's a vodka tonic. Nice. It's a bit of potato vodka, so it doesn't upset my... It doesn't upset my acid reflux. Can you put that cigar out? My sinuses will thank out. you. Yeah, even though there's a cigar charging from my laptop right now. <laughs> anyway. All right, let's drink. You know Eric's drunk when he's taking a few sips and starts playing the kazoo. That's right. <laughs> well, it's, it's the I got I like I like horns. Okay, Let's get a real horn then. <laughs> this play, is good enough. Play trumpet. It's not that hard. Now the reason why he doesn't play trumpet, trumpet it'd be so sweet. He doesn't I'm, play trumpet. I, trump- I could do the Benny Hill. I could do. The- he doesn't play trumpet. <laughs> he doesn't play trumpet. He doesn't play trumpet because he needs something proportional to something else. So that's why he plays a kazoo. This kazoo's like eight inches long. That's like a solid four at best. We could do the Roseanne theme song. (laughs) All right. Anyway, had half a drink. Um, (laughs) This is what happens. You guys, yeah, you guys wanted me to drink. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Well, <clears throat> this week it's Production War Stories. That's right. A career in web development leaves you with many battle scars. I'd say software. What was that? I'd say software engineering. Software sure. engineering, okay. Thanks for killing the momentum. Not all of us do web. Momentum. You work cool. for a Go. DNS company. We do internet, not web. It's web is HTTP. We serve the web. We're totally not a web company. Go. That's it's actually that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, a career in software development, we've all been at this for quite a while, uh, does leave you with a few battle scars. And uh, we wanted to just talk about our experiences and horror stories, uh, selected moments from our careers that uh, are worth sharing. So, uh, you know what, Christian? Why don't you start? Sure. What's right. the, what's the, do you want the music? Do you want me to kill the music? Uh, the music works. Let me, all right, let me pot it down a little bit. What? Right. So tell us, tell us, what is this, when was this? So I'm going to work backwards. I'm going to start with my most recent one. Okay, your mer- most recent one was when? Uh, this might have been When you had to prepare in... everything for the show tonight, you only had ten minutes and you didn't know what to do. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, this was probably back in uh, maybe April, uh, uh, this past April. Uh, we were in a different office, so that's a good way to look at the timeline there, uh, for me, at least. And uh, so it uh, started out where it was like one evening. All of a sudden, uh, we uh, started uh, receiving, like, dropping metri- our query metrics from uh, one of our edge nodes to one of our, our, to our core data center. 
And it okay. looked like, oh, uh, is our software uh, the, the problem? And we're like, we're, we're, we were debugging for like two or three days. Uh, it was just ongoing issues of around the clock debugging to figure out, oh, is it uh, RabbitMQ is screwing up? And then like we, we tra- changed a bunch of configuration there. And it was really interesting actually to see like, oh, all of a sudden we changed this. And it's like, oh, we really should get that better. Ultimately, we found out that it was a bad physical nick on a machine. Ouch. And uh, we found that out. How'd you figure that out? Uh, using some TCP tools uh, to actually see that, like, hey, like, you can actually see, like, from, like, uh, there's a few ones that are uh, getting really low level to see, like, I'm going from user space application to the kernel, and nothing's coming out. Ooh. So. Shooting that, blanks? Yeah, basically. But the link was still active to the machine? So the uh, the connection initi- initiation was on the edge pop, so that was coming through just fine. And most of the connection was working. It was just dropping packets intermittently where uh, for TCP, all of a sudden you have, like, this congestion control and, like, the error correction of TCP, which RabbitMQ was using to de- deliver metrics. We also use that as, like, our tool for propagation of uh, records out to uh-huh. get them to uh, pop uh, quicker. And so uh, it looked like we were just like, where, where are these things falling? Where are they dropping? And uh, it just turns out... Oh, we had a bad nick, and it was dropping packets intermittently. Wow! So you just replaced the nick, and, and it worked. Yeah, but then it took like months for. Uh, Wait, our, what is this nick? Our unnamed provider network so, nick. interface card, Ethernet yes. card. Oh, yeah, it's like a- nit 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 Ethernet. Oh, I thought you were talking about <laughs> when, like a physical like nick in a machine. Like, yeah, no, one. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't mean that like like a nick, like oh. like a chip or something. Oh no, th- no, a nick is in a, like a network card. Okay, cool. Ethernet card, basically. Yeah. Cool. Uh, also, could be used as a generally broader term, though, for different types of. Well, networking. you can have like fiber, infinite band, next cable, too. or token ring. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. miss the days. IPX, <laughs> SPX networking, NetBuoy, Windows ninety five. You dating yourself here? I, I, I am. I am an old man. That's why I have the acid reflux medicine. Anyway, <laughs> Tyler, why don't you go? Oh man. Okay. Where, all right, so give us, give us, all right, give us the first, the, the W's. Who, what, where, when, and why. And why. <laughs> oh, man. When so, was this? Uh, it was 2014 when I was working with you. When you were working with me. And I'm not going to say any names or places. I'm just going to say that we they, had the worst project project manager I've oh, ever seen. Oh, I know who you're talking about. In my life. And, the, and a great His funny, name with a B. Yeah, a great funny <laughs> side thing is that Eric didn't realize how terrible it was until I left because I ended my part of the project sooner than he did. And then I told him how much I hated him, and then the glass shattered for Eric, and he couldn't stay work with him after. It's like one of those things where you once you see something, you can't unsee it. Here's the thing, Tyler. In my professional life, I try to make friends with enemies. I try to bridge the gap between people that have a hard time getting together. I feel like that's a valuable skill, and I tried my best to make it work with somebody who had some somewhat obtuse Same guy, arguments. This guy? Yeah. No, and we had a pretty decent relationship uh, until you shattered the glass... And you made me see how much of a, uh, uh, a douchebag he was. He's the worst. Third time I've said douchebag. So how did that impact production, though? Okay, so I'll, I'll tell my story. Here's a yeah. good example. So when you're a project manager and you have people working for you, I you know, I had only been there probably like a week at this point. So they, they said from the side of my – I had a couple free hours from my main project. So they said, okay, do you want to do this one? Okay, cool. And I'm just writing some code for – you know, some CSS styling for an old, updating an old website for uh, uh, medicine for some ad. And it's like, you know, it's got to run an old sex, whatever. Um, 
but he didn't give me a meta idea of the project or anything like that. I just told, just told, okay, can you do some of this work for this? Sure, no well, problem. Hold on, we worked for an ad agency that specialized in pharma ads and web display ads and, and websites and landing yeah. pages that were sold for Boku bucks. I mean, I remember there was a landing page that I worked on there that it was it was sold. The landing page was sold for fifty k. I mean, I've never sold a website. I spent 10 years doing freelance web design. I've never sold a website. Holes, lock, stock, and barrel for 50 grand. Landing page, try not to curse, $50,000. Oh, anyway, anyway go so, on. So I'm, I get asked to do some hours for this to update a site. Sure, okay. I get nothing besides that. And then I start getting told, okay, this needs updating. Okay, this needs updating. So this project manager, I know that he has the ability to code, but he doesn't do any coding. And I'm, I'm used to a project manager. And so he's seen like these little things like... Wait, oh, you're used to a project manager? What I'm not used to a project manager. Oh, you're not manager. used to a project manager. So, and he's very passive. And he's like, okay, so you know this thing? He's very beta. Well, I'm going to need you to do this. Or we're going to need you to... Or the people, these guys are going to ask you to do this. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Then it got to the point where like there was like one extra space in the HTML line. And he's like asking me to do it. And I'm almost like, you have access to all the code. Why don't you just like delete one, one space? But that's my job, whatever. Separation of things. He's a project manager, but um, I get more and more with this with this job or with this uh, with this role, and I, and I he keeps telling me details about how there's a deadline all of a sudden, and then there's more people that need to see it, and there's more people that need to review it. It needs to go to legal, it needs to go through designers, and um, and all of a sudden it's being QA'd overnight, and so now I have to stay overnight. I end up staying till one in the morning one day, and he didn't <laughs> tell me this until ten at night, and <laughs> like oh we need to go back and forth with this, we need to go back like. What? Dude, you didn't you didn't tell me anything about this project, and you tell me all this in the most passive way ever. And all, like, I feel like this isn't even my project. I feel like this is half of your responsibility. And like, honestly, like he got really good at delegating, is what you're saying. And all he was doing was staying there to delegate. And it's like, what? Oh, what are you doing? At that's this? what. A, yeah. Well, that's what a project manager does is delegate. But I'd say, I mean, that that sucks. I definitely I definitely spent many late nights there, and that was back when I lived in Connecticut. So after leaving there at like 11 or, or midnight, I had to then catch the Metro North for a three-hour train ride back to New Haven, where I then had to be back in the office at 9 o'clock the following morning in Tribeca. Hmm. Oh. And I now realize, anyway. I realize now that this guy was being paid by the hour, so he was using every spare minute that I could cause. To, well, we were also being paid by Oh, I'm waiting by the developer, so, you know, and I'm trying to go home, like, whatever. I want the least hours possible, you know? But Why? You want the most hours possible. No, I want we're the least hours. We're paid by the hour, Tyler. No, 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 I, least hours possible is one thing. I want the least hours possible after I'm supposed to be done working for the day after I see what you're seven, saying. 7, 8 o'clock. But that's the, that's the agency life. The agency life is a lot of projects, a lot of, a lot of moving around, and, and quite a few late nights for decent pay. The pay isn't yeah, that decent for other people on the production like, lines. Like but, your traditional startup, same thing. Like late the, uh, hours. Yeah, an ad agency is not a traditional startup. It is in a way. It is in that way, which is not good. But it is not a traditional startup. Not to mention that most ad agencies are owned by two companies. That's true. Total. Anyway, if you're a project manager, you shouldn't be trickling down the information to your developers. You should give them a, a meta overview of what's going on. That happens a lot, though. It's very easy to fall into that pattern. Especially when you suck at your job. Yeah. Anyway, so how did it end? Uh, I stayed till 1 in the morning. Uh, and then the project launched on time. Yeah, the webpage, I guess, was fine. Do you remember designers. what it was you were working on? 
it was some some update of a web page for uh, of an advertisement for some uh, medicine that I can't remember. I know but all everything that we did was for some medicine that you can't remember. <laughs> yeah, the biggest this, it was the all biggest boner mistake. Pills. It, a lot of them were boner <laughs> pills. The biggest mistake that we made was reading the content, reading the copy, because. I learned there, like, I, I just kind of just read it to make sure that it looked right and all the... Because there were always encoding issues or whatever. But don't read the important safety information on these pharmaceutical products because you will learn new words and then you find out what those words mean and they're disgusting. And there was one, there was one thing that we made there that was for intestinal polyps. And I had to animate... I'm not kidding. I had to make a, a Google DFP, that's display ad... A Google display ad with an animated colon and these polyps in animating with the colon as a maximum of 250k file size and having all of this complex animation. It's funny that you it was say disgusting. That. It was no, it was effing gross. It was just disgu- it was it was beyond disgusting, and that was like the worst in terms of content. That was the worst thing that I'd worked on. Was just that. That ad and just trying to make sure that the like, <clears throat> because it was because we we um, because we had the file size restriction, we couldn't and you have to pay by the kilobyte. Uh, we couldn't import any real animation library, so all of the JavaScript was all JavaScript. We had to write very leanly, and in order to get it to animate a certain way, and the layers and the contraction and the having the polyps in view, it was just every part of it was gross. When they're like, this polyp needs to be further in the stomach at this position in time. Like, that's just, I just don't want any part of this. It was disgusting. So my next job was about the only thing worse than reading fine details and, what was that? and, and actually discovering new things was that it in, my, my next job, the one of the websites included... Um, a database because it was a, an a insurance alternative, so it it saved you costs on any specific procedure of medicine or any medical procedure that you might need. Had a database of every medical procedure that existed, Ew. like arm amputation or like leg amputation, With images or like everything. No, but they were just the words, and so words of procedures that were combined that I never knew like you would ever need amputated or or. Repaired or other words and other <laughs> verbs that I don't even know. I'm just a web developer. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. This is <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, it was basically like Urban Spoon of medical procedures. Oh, <laughs> imagine <laughs> why make that analogy? <laughs> why? You're not eating it. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, all right. I guess I kind of gave a story with that gross display ad. That wasn't one that I was planning to tell. <laughs> Uh, I can tell it you was about. Well worth it. Yeah. Uh, if you want, I can give you another one. Uh, is this show even about technology anymore? Yes. We were talking <laughs> about how to animate gross things with JavaScript. I'm kidding. Uh, what is it? My first startup. I've been on three failed startups in the last ten years. One of them was with you guys. Mm-hmm. The first startup that I was on. Was hey, called. it's still living. Yeah, you it's still it's around. Shh. We still have equity in it. It could blow up. I still have my dollar. It's in my wallet. <laughs> the first dollar that we made. That we made, we're supposed to frame it. Anyway, um, I lost it. The first, I spent mine. Oh, well, anyway, yeah, it's got to be spent. The first startup that I was on was called Rate the Professional. This was ma- back in 2009. Uh, this website was made on drugs, and it, he, content warning, explicit drug use mentioned. But <clears throat> it was made cloves. with a lot of a <laughs> lot of a lot of Adderall, a lot of blunts, and a lot of clove cigarettes and Diet Mountain Dew, and. Oh Two my of those aren't drugs. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever had Mountain Dew? <laughs> 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 I 
Uh, uh, you know, you know when you don't drink it for a while and you have it again, it just really tastes like chemicals. It it's, really it's does. It's really hilarious if you look at all like any soda and like the and the ingredients and they list it by what it's listed. You know how the order of how much is in there and caffeine is always the last thing if it's caffeinated. And in Mountain Dew, it's like the third thing in the ingredients. <laughs> yeah, list. and it's even it's even below. It's, it is still below sugar. Mountain Dew has the most sugar out of any other soda, especially Code Red Mountain Dew that has 50 milligrams of, sh- of, of sugar per cup. Anyway, so. This startup uh, was called Rate the Professional. This was uh, we wanted to make it an East Coast Yelp, and this was back before Yelp was ubiquitous everywhere. And we said, oh, you know, they're just West Coast hippies. We wanted to be trim and proper, and in suits and ties, and very professional about going and rating these businesses, kind of like Zagat. I think the name could have been better. I didn't come up with the name. Everybody thought we were called Rape the Professional. (laughs) (laughs) Not kidding. Or uh, or they confused it with Rape My Professor. Uh, which is, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't come up with the name Don't Shoot Me. Is there uh, a comma in there? Rape. The <laughs> professional. Like, that's what I do. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at it. The startup... I'm an, an analysis, an, an analyst, and a therapist. There you go. <laughs> we, we had, uh... I thought it was really cool because I came up with a way that I can go around town and add businesses to the website to be reviewed without having a smartphone because I didn't have a smartphone at the time. I made like this little. Everything was written in, in Lamp Stack, which I know you love, Christian. And uh, yeah, nothing it like was not only not only crap. yeah, not only was it Lamp Stack, but it used this like monolithic procedural PHP code base that I created from scratch over many years. You got it was horrible. And because we were so focused on... anything about creating your own code stacks? Yeah, this was before I did. Now, I will never do that again. But this was while I thought that I was you, basically. And I, after I met you, you, I realized I was not. Thank you. I know. Well, it's, it takes someone as annoying as you to really put me in my place. But... I think I'm me. You are you, Tyler. Hm. Anyway. Um, no, so the thing is, is that... Um, so we, we went to this conference in Daytona Beach. We actually got a hotel. And uh, we spent Giggity. we spent two days sitting at Daytona Beach in a hotel room, high on Adderall and blunts, just coding. And then we finally put on a suit and went to this conference. And we were just like, like we were. I was like falling asleep in the in the in the car ride over there. And it just and then we got we passed out like five business cards. And then I slept for three days. <laughs> so. Anyway, it sounds like me at AWS reinvent. Yeah, it was not. It was in retrospect, it was a cool experience, and I love the fact that I created a whole service on on drugs. But I would not do that again, nor do I support uh, excessive drug use while on recorded medium. Anyway, uh, all right, Christian, the right. bark pass is back to you. Why don't you give us another one? All right, sure. So this one throws Microsoft under the bus. Oh, we love doing that. Yeah. So this was maybe. Um, Probably November. I was working on. Uh, I, I was currently working on our service that is responsible for. So DNS servers can do like a master and slave. Uh, Are those? I feel like those. That terminology is on its way out. Yes and no. Certain things are just like this is stupid. Why have this be a thing? Can't it just be person and indentured servant? No. Does it have to be master and slave. Well, the only other thing I ever hear other than master and slave is leader follower. That sounds stupid. That's ableist. Yeah. Anyway, go on. But anyway, so. Uh, our one customer had a um, uh, for their internal DNS. Uh, they had a Microsoft uh, DNS server that would then. Okay, was that the one that like comes with Windows Server? Yes. Okay. 
Well, Active Directory. Oh, I love Active Directory. And uh, so it would... uh, I'm sorry. I hate... Like, Microsoft, we can crap on them, but I actually do like Active Directory. It's pretty cool. It has one fatal flaw. Which is what? I'm getting to it. Okay. And so uh, it would transfer over the the DNS records for a particular zone to our server. And the issue is we we noticed we were serving a record that was out of the zone. So they could have had Google... some uh, XYZ.Google.com in their zone. The entire reason is because the Microsoft server lets you input those from any input to just be like, oh, uh, you just say, like, oh, create this zone and put whatever the hell you want in there. And okay. uh, so then uh, I had to hot patch our existing prod system to, uh, uh, to uh, so, uh, uh, solve this, which was to say, like, check if it is in the zone, uh, which we have uh, uh, like a way of doing that. And so that then we hot patch that. We still have this as a protected branch in our Git repo that is not has not been deleted, even though we don't run it in production anymore. Because we now have the newer version that I was working on that also has this patch, where it was like, okay, now we actually check for this. And Microsoft lets you just have whatever record you want in a zone, so you can have your zone be. Why would they do that? Is uh, it just easier for them to implement? No, they just don't have this validation. This is a bug. Yeah. So what they could have had like had example.com and that as the zone. Right. And then in their zone they could have had like mail.google.com. In the zone for example.com? Yeah. Microsoft server would let you. Oh, that sounds like such a Microsoft thing. Yep. Yep. Oh. So I had to hot patch that on a Friday. How do you hot patch that? On a Friday, I think we just put it like at 5 p.m. policy or something like that, right? No, uh, we uh, in our code for our tra- our uh, transfer server. Oh, you had to manually validate the zone yeah. contents. Yeah. Why would somebody do that? Uh, this was like totally by accident, and it was like th- thankfully both zones were theirs. It was just like by accident they mixed them up. Did they actually have like a Google.com zone? No, in there? no, oh, no. Okay. This is just an example. I'm using to show you the severity of what it could be. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, oh, that's really bad. Yep. All right, Tyler, you're up. Uh no, it's your turn. I, ju- I just went and I pass it to Christian and now it's your turn. Oh, I told uh, you about rape the professional. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Other bad code times. So many. Yeah, that's why we're mind. supposed to write stuff down before we do the show. Branching off branches. Never do that. Okay. Oh no, you should do that. Yeah. If you have long living features that uh, require smaller code changes, you should definitely. But is there off some re- something that? Uh, I think I mean branching off branches, off branches. No, that's totally fine too. What like, do, what happened, Tyler? What happened to you that you don't like? Yeah, this? Too many moving parts. There was a whole like it, that happened with uh, over the course of the holiday season. Mm. Yeah. So between Christmas and New Year's, and was I'm it trying rebase to hell? Was off, that? No, it was just other things were changing and and conflicts were happening. Yeah. And so the proper way to solve that is through a rebase where you just deal with the conflict and you solve it. There were just, yeah, except the rebases conflict on every file, every commit. That's Let not true. Let me tell you that it, it arose. It is true. Let Only if you, you have conflicting code. No, but what I'm saying is is that when you rebase, it goes back to the beginning of the branch history, which is really annoying. And so all of the merge conflicts well, that you fixed... So that, wait, no, hold on. All of the merge conflicts a, that you fixed when you last rebase, you have to fix them again. It's a perpetual merge no, conflict that's not, fixing... No, that's not true. I've done if, the force push. I've done all that no, stuff. No, no. Sa- it sounds like you have a long-lived branch, which shame on you. Oh, so branches should not be long-lived. If they are, you should branch out exactly. smaller branches. That's what. So happened. let's okay. Hold on. So let's say you have a you want to you you want to don't let a branch live for a month, basically. Really? Yeah. 
So let's oh, say you want to branch live for a week. Well, hold on, if hold possible. on. Let's say, Dep- depending on what you're doing, if you're doing like a oh, I modified in service a this like method, you can let, and it's like oh, I just had to test it because it's doing some crazy. Well, stuff. let's say you're working on a new version that is significant of a, of a of a service that's significantly different from the previous version. That new version needs a branch. Right, it needs a branch, and then that branch, because the new version is going to be in development for a while, it's going to live on for longer than a month. Yeah. So the proper way to do that is say V1 exists here. Right. Pull out any common code, which you should have already done. Right. It's common code. And then when you, you say have, pull out, what do you mean? If you have any code that you want to reuse from V1 in V2, uh-huh. let it live in like a common directory of some sort. Right. And then you just create like a V2 directory and build V2 separately. So it's in a completely separate directory. It's not just modifying existing files. Right. That's where. That's how you would avoid the merge conflicts. Right. But why? But if the next version it uses a lot of the existing code base, it just then kind of you changes. have common code. But then you have the merge conflicts again. No, you don't, because you pull it out. These new com- this new common code exists in common instead of v1. And that's in a separate separate directory. Directory. That still doesn't change the fact that if you modify it, you're going to create a merge conflict when you do the... You can just put... So, branch one, pull out, pull out common code. Uh-huh. Uh, commit that, push it, pull request, merge, and it's done. Yeah, you said it. You said it. <laughs> so that's a very short-lived thing, because you're not modifying any code. You're just m- moving code to a new place. Right. You might modify some import statements, but that's nothing. And then uh, from there, you now have something to build off of where you can do V2 just fine. And Unless you, you have to modify the common code, which then would create a merge conflict. No, it wouldn't, because the common code you're just building on top of the common code. If you ha- like I said, if you have to change the common code, then that would create a merge conflict. Not unless somebody also co- changed the common code. That's when the merge conflicts happen. Is uh, programmer A m- edited uh, line one thousand in uh, uh, something.py, and then programmer B modifies line one thousand in something.py. And you try to merge it, and so you're both trying to merge it. Uh, parameter A gets in first, and then parameter B gets in there. Then you have a merge conflict. That's what merge conflicts are. Which, in that case, then you rebase over, you resolve the, uh, the, the merge conflict, and if you resolve it in the right way, you won't have this rebase conflict each time you go to rebase, because hopefully you're, you're just rebasing against master and not just keep on rebasing. Uh, I don't. Whatever. We're detracting from Tyler's story. Oh, um, all I can say is that, you know, standard merged off, I, I, I branched off of staging, and then... I what happened a, to you? I, I don't even... It's a, it, What happened to you, you that, that if you is... can avoid more than uh, one branch off of staging, you know, avoid it, because... So, when you, call it, when you say more staging... Pro, more staging versus prod, there's two branches. Oh. Every time you do not, a release, not, you make a new... Style. Every time you do it, do you? Every time you make a release, do you create a new branch for the prod branch at that time? Well, you're supposed to tag it. It's not the style. That's like the get the get standard issue. That's tagging. That's yeah. like a new branch. I mean, a you new can branch. check out a tag though, like it, like it is a branch. Oh, yeah. All I can say is, is that pretty much more more problems than I could have ever imagined arose from that, and uh, I just recommend keeping it lean if you can. Well, okay. the fact that you have like a staging branch and a production branch kind of scares me. Why? Well, because like. Master should always be staging, and then, like, the, the idea of staging is you do any last-minute checks, and okay. then you go to production. So you could have it where it's like, oh, Master is staging, and then staging is this Master in an hour from now. 
Master was prod, actually. I'm sorry. It was, it was staging. And but, like, so... Makes, I kind of, I kind so, of oh, get so that. Oh, so staging is master? No, he said staging was... He said master was prod. Okay. And you probably have another that, branch that, that, that you push all your stuff to, and then when that's but, all so fine and good, then you I, I merge in that, that case. with master. I've worked in that case, and that's when you do get these headaches all of a sudden, where you have this separate staging branch that you got to merge into first, and then you have prod. That's when you get all these conflicts all over the place. I've done that before, and and that is where you do get these conflicts well, no matter I was what you branched do. off of staging for my feature branch, and then I was branched off of that, and then... Right. No, this is exact... So, if you have... You really should have, like, produ- production uh, models master, but staging should be uh, production too, unless you have something that you have to revert. Gotcha. Speaking of which, at my last gig, I had uh, we had we had a horrible we had uh, it was uh, the whole the whole development and deployment setup was was horrible. Uh, we had actually created release branches for every time we did a release, and not not tags like actual branches a. And then the deployments because we didn't have CI setup, CI CD setup, uh, continuous integration, continuous deployment. Uh, we had these deployment calls that would happen every Tuesday night at like 10 p.m. Pacific time, uh, because they were in uh, they were in California, and uh, the what would happen is is after the the deployment, which would itself take not too long, the QA team would then do regression testing on the prod servers, and they would always find bugs, and they never had the good bugs until three a, three a.m. New York time, and it's just like, and I have to be quote unquote on call during that whole night, and I'm here at like two thirty passing out. I'm like, I think they got, I think they got it all, and then I get a Slack message at three o'clock. Hey, uh, from the QA person, hey, uh, this thing doesn't work, can you check it out? Or they call me on the phone, and I'm, like, trying to stay awake, and I say, did you clear your cache? And they go, no. And I'm like, can you, can you do that, please? Like, oh, oh, you know what? Actually, that fixed it. Like, if you're a QA person, and you come into a bug, and the, your first inclination is not clear your cache, get a new job. <laughs> That's my public service announcement for so, today. I think you, uh... There's a few things to approach that. One... Well, one, CICD. Yes, absolutely. Two, uh, and this is, like, honestly, I find it as a growing pain for myself, but I do see the value in it, and that's documenting procedure. I mean, the procedure was pretty... It was pretty much well, the same. Like you have a QA procedure that you, that, that they should be documented. No, they have a QA procedure. They just don't. They just don't know to clear their cache. It's mm. not part of the procedure. Well, then that should have been added in there. That should have been yeah. added. The, the, the amount of times I've gotten phone calls at three o'clock in the morning because of a QA person who couldn't clear their cache and is really annoying. Along with the same lines, there should also be an escalation procedure of like who do you go to first. Right. And well, it was a smaller. It was a smaller company, so they. So I was. I was pretty much even with person. like even with like eight people. It shouldn't always be the creator that you escalate things to. There should be like an on-call person. Or well, that, I mean, I was on call. Oh, okay. But the thing is, is and that if my if like I said, if you have if the QA person doesn't clear their cash, that's really bad. Find a new job. And then after that, though, I think there's another issue. It's like saying, oh, it overflows. Are you zoomed in on the web page? The medium. Yes. The medium. Of uh, how you were notified, I think is another issue here. Why Slack, is that? Slack is very immediate. Like um, a lot of uh, infrastructure companies, uh, company I work for included, we have like an application. Uh, we use uh, Victor Ops. There's also like Ops Genie and a few others uh, uh, that uh, send these alerts. But it's more like, oh, this is the person on call. This is what time zone they're in. So let's uh, like, if it's like, oh, this person might be asleep. Let's make sure that their their phone's on full volume. Right. And there's things like that. So it's like, like this. Like the app can manage that. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. 
Like, I, I would like Their it... Their UI if, is terrible, but they yeah. have really nice features. I would like it if I get a Slack message at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning if it makes my phone ring. That'll wake me up. That would be nice, even though it's a Slack message that wouldn't do that. It's not a Slack message, but it's... No, but I'm saying, the same like, thing, if someone... Where, yeah. where it's just like, oh, well, hey. they can hook into the API. Yeah, it's generally, like... Uh, we'll, like, we'll get, like, monitoring alerts coming through there. Like, oh, this... Uh, like, I haven't really dealt with it other than... Um, we just recently started doing like a backend on call where it's like, if uh, the uh, ops person can't identify the issue and it's with the service that you were like, uh, you happen to know, right? Then it gets escalated to you. Okay. Yeah. Here's here's a good one. I was on call last week. My and I was on call from eight to eleven p.m. Eastern time, and my internet went out literally at eight oh one p.m. That's why I don't want to use cable vision anymore, Tyler. That's like the only... I have three hours of the week where I need to actually have internet connectivity where I can screw off watching Netflix and Pornhub every other time. <laughs> but the three hours that I actually needed to have internet connectivity, one minute post, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> Dang. Well, I will be very happy to get... To increase the size of the evil empire of Verizon, which actually used to be the original AT&T. They are the phone company. The phone company. Anyway... All right, we're getting close to the end. We've got, we've done about almost two hours, another two-hour show. Ooh-wee. Wow. Why don't you, uh, why don't you give our, our one last story, Christian? We'll sure. Go one, one around. So this is another one uh, throwing a popular company under the bus. Uh, this, uh, is it Apple? No. Uh, is it, is it Google? No. Is it Twitter? No. I don't care. <laughs> this is, uh, it throws is it Mongo- Docker. It throws MongoDB under the bus. So I would eventually have caught to mocker. To mocker. To Mongo. <laughs> mocker is what happens when you use a Docker DB combined combined with a mono Mongo database. This is why I can't drink during the show, guys. I have to do these well, shows sober because as soon as I get any sort of substance in me, Ma- mockery, it messes up my ability to put thing. words it's, together. It's mock containers, but there's also Bocker, which is Jesus Docker implemented in Bash. You know, when I try to make a joke, <laughs> I find out it's actually more open source repos. It just kind of makes it even worse. Okay. Anyway, anyway. so this was uh, uh, my previous company I worked for. We were an e-commerce software as a service company, so we did like a lot of analytics for e-commerce sites and like things for more customer engagement. And anyway... A lot of our stuff, because products could look very different, particularly across customers, lived in Mongo, where it's schemaless. We could have fields exist in one product and not in another. And a big thing with that was that uh, Mongo um, had some interesting network things going on. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, well, so I guess two production war stories are uh, kind of in one story here. And uh, one of them, one of them is uh, that... Uh, the first one happened where we were running a, we were kind of small at the time we were running a single Mongo server at the time okay. and it happened to go down because uh, the server actually just failed it was like a, uh, we were hosted on Google just crapped the bed and the VM itself died huh. well I shouldn't say that the networking because it was a, again a bad nick on the hardware oh it was the same kind of thing yeah bad, like nick's Nick's see it's a another lot of... instance where you had a bad Nick causing a network problem. Well, Nicks are usually the first thing to go nowadays. That's really bad because they hard need drives, to be hard drives are, are like used to be the first thing to go. They are much better now. 
and now it's Knicks are usually the first thing to go. That's I I don't I don't like that given that everything has to be so connected these days. I'd rather a hard drive failure than a Nick failure. No, it's much more often. I know than that Nick it's now. much more often. I would say I would rather have a it's hard drive. Like, right? Because, Wouldn't because, you agree yeah, with that? Because, because since like the '80s, though, the hard drive was the thing that was failing, so they've worked on that. Right. They haven't worked on that with Nick's a lot because like also Nick's are where you see a lot of innovation where you have like onboard machine learning to avoid DDoS now is like a. Do thing. they really have that? They really on have board, that. Onboard hard is it hardware machine learning? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They really have that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Anyway, so because of this, the VM just was not getting any traffic. So, uh, like, uh, the, the day after, immediately, I, I set up a Mongo replication set of, like, five different Mongos. And then, uh, like, a few months later, uh, we have an issue where uh, Mongo just had, like, this race condition. Or not, not even a race condition. It was more of, like, a lock contention for, like, uh, receiving the heartbeat uh, between the replication set. Okay. And uh, just uh, having a, um, being able to recognize uh, uh, what um, what was part of the replication set, and it would trigger these random elections, causing all of the services to have to reconnect to Mongo. And this was all because Mongo just was like, "Oh, we have this heartbeat, but if you're waiting for, we don't account for lock contention, so it's a hard coded value of like I think like three milliseconds. If you don't uh, have the heartbeat within then, that node is considered down." Okay. And then when it came back up, I was like, oh, we have two Mongo maskers. Which one is it connecting to? So that was fun to deal with. And it was just, like, just How did you deal with that? Just nuke the one that uh, was the wrong master. How did it, you figure out bad. which was the wrong one? <laughs> it was bad. How did you figure Well, okay, why? This is the whole... Why was it bad? How did you fix it? How did you figure out which was the wrong master once it came up? Uh, basically, just whatever had quorum on connections was, was the right one. With your uh, uh, Russ? Raft. Raft. R, yes. Raft Protocol. Okay, yes. that's cool. Okay, Tyler, you're up. Um, well, first of all, this I'd isn't like, right. make I'd this like... make this a good ending uh, production war story. Okay, well, I do want to propose that we use Christian's Raft Protocol for the East Village, East River <laughs> Bridge situation. <laughs> 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 well, that would that would mean that eight people select one person that gets across the river, and then they all have to push the person across the river. You really want to do that? As long as it's organic and farm to Your table, skin I think will melt will off okay. in the East table. River. Farm to table raft protocol. Remember here. RoboCop, as long as no where the guy are falls. Harmed. If humans are harmed, it's okay. Remember RoboCop, where the guy falls into the toxic waste and his skin melts off. That's the whole East River. You mean River. how they kill Terminator? Oh man, did they rip off RoboCop to make Terminator? No, Terminator dies in molten lava though. In the second hey, movie. I haven't seen that movie. What? <laughs> I haven't seen RoboCop. Oh. Have you guys not seen either of these? These are staples Robo of the Cop 80s. Is great. Uh, Terminator was early 90s, I think. No, it was 80, like, yeah, like late 80s. I First think. one was 88, I think. Yeah, oh. this one's right. Okay, anyway, go on, Tyler. Okay. Uh, okay, so I was jaded from having a... Uh, as a front-end developer, I was jaded from having another senior... A uh, more senior front-end developer come in. Uh, I'm sorry, 1984? Oh, wow. 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 James Cameron... I didn't know he did that. Anyway, go on. I'm anyway, sorry. so I'm working in a job, blah, 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 having a good time. You know, it's annoying being the front-end developer on a .NET stack that takes 45 seconds to boot up, and it's annoying when you change code, uh, but whatever. So a new front-end developer comes in. He's from a big company. Okay, cool. Well, uh, kind of, like, takes over and runs a really opinionated stack, and uh, we already have Bootstrap going. First of all, he slaps on material design on top of that. Ugh. Major issues. I spent 
weeks and months restyling a sign-up process that I had to keep you know, registering for and signing up for a five-step sign-up process. And material design's underlining features aren't lining up because they're conflicting with Bootstrap and all the other crap we have going on. Horrible. And then, much worse, is that this guy comes in and, and strips off most of the classes and any kind of like targeting capabilities that I have on anything in the front end. So I see him writing code consistently that's like, this dot parent dot parent and it's like no you stop this is, this is horrifying you, you keep adding libraries are going to change these components to put new fake components in it but you're targeting other parents like your library is going to update and your code's not going to find the right thing and you're not going to know where the bug is and right so he's explicitly referencing dom nodes that would change because of the libraries that you have loaded into the application uh, sometimes, yeah. With, yeah or, with really if the, or if the libraries job. update, then they might change the DOM structure inside. Yeah, with really awkward DOM traversal in lieu of using just class names that let you easily alter the code and find out what's going on and read it. Did you ask him why? Uh, he tried to explain things, and it was never helpful, but he was senior to me, so I had to shut up. Oh. It was like, it was... Did I ever do the, that when we were working on that one project at Heartbeat? Only all the time. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, no. When we were working at Heartbeat... No, you never did any of that. You never did that. I always tried to make you understand the method to my madness. No, no, no. Like, Heartbeat was, was fine. That was that was nothing crazy. You just told me certain do's and don'ts that were super helpful. And you, you, you taught me insight and you helped me play Photoshop better because I didn't know how to do that. Make a complex object. Why is it so hard to just get something out of Photoshop? I want this icon. Give me. Nope. Uh, and then no, we worked at we worked at the other startup. Uh, that was a fun time. You got really hard about that. That cube. I got really hard about that at the other startup. That cube. That's great. Yeah. No, you got really yeah. hard about that cube. Yeah. I made so a cube. Even, like, Look, it was very. N- steep. None of us were around for production though. It was very. Insane. It was yeah. yeah it was one time. This we war sta- story. We have a, sta- we have a staging <laughs> war story. At this designer. <laughs> No, it was, it was a one-button interface. I was very happy to create it. It was very Steve Jobsy, And it had a button that just went to the, the top face of... The, the whole app was designed around a cube and that each of the sections would be different faces of the cube and the top would lead to any other face. So the most... Because in user interface design, you want to limit the amount, which Apple has totally ignored. You want to limit the amount of interactions, whether they're clicks, swipes, or taps to get to your content. And so the idea that you can get from one page of the app to any other page in the app at most in two gestures was, I will say, brilliant. Uh, That's tooting my own horn. I realized the folly of my madness once I actually tried to use it on the phone and instantly realized that it was a piece of crap. Well, my reaction was that this was... This would have been awesome for like a phone home screen or something. It's like uh, it, it seemed overkill for it was an like it was app. like my um, like Brian Wilson made that smile album that was never released that was never finished <laughs> and it was supposed to be his masterpiece. That's what this was for me. That's it was a completely it was utterly brilliant but never used. And before I left this, the venture, by the way, I redesigned it so I still kept the cube. <laughs> I'm still holding on to that. I will use it again. I think it, it was a really cool idea, just the use case could have been better for it. Well, and the other thing is we had a hard time uh, distinguishing between the different swipes. You forced it. It was a really good idea, but you, you, you're in I the know. context you're trying to force it. Like, yeah. It's going to be this way. It's going to have to be. It's you you have to understand, though, as a designer, like you, you come across criticism so much that you have to be very aggressive. You have sure. to be very persistent when trying to, to get your design, when you're, when you're trying to get your idea 
uh, when you're trying to get your idea actually implemented. I'll tell you why. Because anybody with eyes feels like they know what design well, is, and that's not true. I feel that's true of a- any place where you have a large number of people. We had a small number of can people, gra- Yes, but when I say large, I mean like five plus. Who can grasp what you're designing? But the thing is, so like, this, like I this, said, this, it's so not like visual, visual is the easy one where anybody can. Well, grasp. that's the thing. It's not designed by committee. That's where that's where crappy things get made. And the second thing is that anyone with eyes, uh, they say opinions are like buttholes. Everyone's got one. Yes, and, and so is, every you know people with eyes feel like they know. Oh, I know what an app should look th- like. This looks like crap. No, this, this is also I'm true of back-end programming. When, remember- when you have a bunch of back-end programmers there who can totally grasp what you're designing, though. So it, it I think, uh, like, your your complaint is valid here. It's just the fact that everybody could see this. There's also, like, other mediums where it's like, oh, you're in a room of everybody understanding this thing. Everybody's an expert in this. It's, like, usually the hardest one to deal with because then everybody knows If the everyone's right thing. an expert, that's different. But I've, I am I am more than used to defending my work and I'm also more than used to watching people break down and cry in art class, which is something that I've yet to do professionally. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You, I took two semesters of drawing that completely changed my life. I know that sounds like a, well, hippie, a hippie, like, what does this cloud look like to you? But actually, it was like... paint a happy cloud. It was like, yeah. It was like, <laughs> no, I'm took, serious. And I took acid of honor. Yeah, no, I'm serious. It was, it was art... Let's have this bush beer, a little it, secret. It was art anybody. school boot camp. And these professors did not mess around. And they tore people to shred. They have some, like, there was someone who drew, who drew originally in like a Frank Miller uh, like comic book style. And they just ate, they just tore it to, sh- I mean, hmm. Jesus Christ, that person was crying almost every class. Well, that's like, uh, I sent like you- you don't draw this way. But it looks good, it well, doesn't matter, it looks like, anyway. So off the air, I sent you an image last night that was like the universal design feedback. Oh, I love that one, it was And it, uh, starts out with the international one, which is bad, good, good great. Yeah. And then it goes Californian, interesting, to awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, bro, that's totally just interesting. German, which goes Shiza to almost the entire gauge is Shiza. Yeah, to you just like maybe like the last little bit, which is like absolutely perfect in most. That's things. the one that I want. Interesting. You have to. It's like it's like owning a cat. It's like you they they hate you, but there's that chance that you can get their affection, and then they really do actually love you. <laughs> and that when you get that, it's just so it's so heartwarming. And then my, my favorite though was hands down the, the British one, which is interesting and interesting on either end. <laughs> <laughs> it's the tone that they use. Yeah, now that's that's interesting. Versus oh, that's interesting. And I think it's more like a interesting versus oh, interesting. Very very very. Is that, is that your British accent? It could be. No, it was. Uh, I, I, I don't know. No. Anyway, no, don't, no. Uh, anyway, all right. I've got a production war story to really end this thing. <clears throat> Back in 2009, I uh, the first client that I ever had in web design, his name was Giovanni. And uh, he drank 12 cups of coffee a day and was a former bodybuilder. I'm not kidding. Oh, you know this guy's going to be cool. And uh, he <laughs> started a film studio. He made a lot of money during the housing boom in the, in the early to mid-2000s. So and everybody. used that money to start a film company in Boca Raton <laughs> called Real Films, which I made the logo for and the website for. It was really cool in 2005. Um, in 2009, he's the type of guy that can watch an action movie and say, you know what, I can do that, and then make a really horrible version of that. <laughs> and so um, he did that with a play. There was this play where two Guidos get married. It's called Tony and Tina's Wedding. I'm sure they're from Long Island or New Jersey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? You want me to look it up and tell you that they're from New Jersey or Long Island? 
they, they're obviously from New Jersey or Nassau County, Long Island. They prefer to be called so Guido. Long Island or New Jersey, like I said. Suffolk County, Long Island is a totally different place. I don't care. It's still Long Island. It's Technically, totally we're on the Isle of Long right now. Anyway, it's Guido American. The point is, we're, we're talking the difference between Poly G and uh, I did not watch the Jersey Shore. Neither did I. That's good. But anyway, <laughs> the point the is, difference is between that... Poly G versus uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Where's Mark Zuckerberg from? Actually, no, he's Nestle County too. Crap. Yeah, um, like all the other douchebags on Long oh, Island. I got one. It, it, where's the difference between Polly G and Kevin James, who's from my hometown? Oh, I do like Kevin James. Yeah. Anyway, um, so this guy uh, Giovanni, he saw this play called Tony Tony and Tina's Wedding, and he said, "Oh, I could do that." So he came up with this play called Johnny Two Face Wedding, not Johnny Two Face apostrophe S's Wedding. It was Johnny Two-Face Wedding. That was the name of the play. Uh, also where two Guidos get not married. Not the Johnny Two-Face Wedding. Right, or not the not anything that would make it syntactically, grammatically correct. It was just Johnny <laughs> Two-Face Wedding. And so he had me create. He called me a month before the play opened. And he says, hey, I need this website. I'll pay you a couple hundred bucks. And I made a website that allowed people to buy tickets online. I actually manually interfaced with the credit card API, which is something that I would like to not do on my list of things I would like to never do in web design, <laughs> that's one of them. I never want to manually interface oh, with a credit card API. ID for that? Because, no, we didn't save any information. But, uh, you know, we actually didn't have an SSL certificate either. It was actually pretty bad. I didn't think about that then. Well, was that before? Why did the music <laughs> end at the same time? Anyway, added extra was that drama. Be- was that before uh, the Target audit? Yes. Oh, then you're fine. The point is, this was back, yeah, back in the good old days. And, uh, no, so what happened was, um, he, I mean, think about this. He has a new play, which is probably going to be terrible anyway, but he tells me about the play a month beforehand where I have to start making the website, and I say it's going to take three weeks to get up. So then he has, like, ten days between when the website launches to actually market the play, which is not enough time to do anything. So it opens the day after Thanksgiving in 2009. He calls me Thanksgiving evening while I'm at my parents' house, and, like, I'm kind of drunk, and I'm just kind of, like, about to pass out from my food and alcohol coma, as we do on Thanksgiving. And he calls me at, I'm not kidding, 1 o'clock in the morning, and he starts just cursing at me. And he's just like, I can't place an effing order on this effing website, you effing fa- And he used a lot of words that we can't say, and this is not an After Dark show, so I won't say them. But it was a lot of... It was a lot of, I can't purchase a thing ticket on this ass website, you piece of shit. And so I, I, I just, I held the phone away from my face for about 10 minutes as he just went on this profanity laced tirade. And I said, okay, why don't we place an order on your website to see what happens? And then we placed, we did it. And guess what? It worked first try. And I said, you didn't market this play correctly. You fucking, f-. and don't ever call me at 1 o'clock on Thanksgiving ever again. And I hung up the phone. That's a production war story. You made it to the last story, to swear. <laughs> you were doing so good. I didn't say any. I didn't finish you're, any of the swear words. Your last F word. I didn't say any. He didn't say it. I didn't say it. Didn't anyway. Say it. I'm not touching you. <laughs> so, I will just... So, the moral of the story is... Your first client in web design when you're starting out is going to be a douchebag. And now I've said douchebag like four or five times this episode. That's the hardest That's the hardest word we can say on a clean show. Douchebag. Yes. Bag of douche. Okay, take it easy. <laughs> um, 
Alright, well, anything else, guys? Um, douchebag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's try to get that explicit tag, please. Because I'm not, I'm not towing the line enough as it is. And if you've got any ideas to solve the East River temporary bridge, situation. please send us an email at pr at pullrequest.net. That's right. We don't check the email, but still send it to us anyway. If they're just tech puns, that's cool too. <laughs> we, we have gotten emails before. <laughs> so what do we want to say to the to the audience? I don't know how many of them actually are there. Maybe five to ten. No, um, Corey's doing a great job helping people out. Um, is our senior vice president of West Coast Marketing. Um, what do we want to say? We've done 50 now. 50 effing shows. We were, you were late to the first eight of the first ten. Because I lived in Manhattan and this was I don't care. You had a, a time Bumble to, F Air Brooklyn. time means that's air time. Live show means live show. Right. Tell well, that to everybody else as part of, the ra- ra- of Radio Free Brooklyn. What was that? Tell it to everyone else who's part of Radio Free Brooklyn. Well, they're a bunch of communists. Uh, and that's not even a, a derogatory term because they actually do love communism, and I feel sorry for them. They love communism because they're bad at capitalism. Anyway. Oh. Um, yeah, that's the truth. I think, yeah. I think we got a good thing going. I think we're going to be here a while. I think that we are on a steady, solid streak of, of steady, not trying, solid to, streak. I like not that trying to quit all the time. So. Join us next week when I try to quit again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know uh, Larry David notoriously repeatedly quit from Seinfeld. Yeah. And yeah, and so you're like the Larry David of the show, which is ironic because like, I'm actually the Larry David of the show. <laughs> um, okay, so we have, we've done 50 episodes over 66 weeks. That's a 75%. That's a C. How do we feel about that? Christian, you're not a C student. <laughs> yes, I am. In classes you care about, you're not a C student. That's true. Yeah. Uh, by yeah. By the way, I saw a shrink last week, and that was one of the questions that he asked me. He was like, "How did you do in school?" I was like, "Oh, I'm an A student. I made the honor roll, AP classes, like great." And he's like, "How about in classes you didn't care about?" I'm like, "I did not do too well." He's like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, see, that's the problem." How about you know? Uh, no. What What do we? I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Seventy five percent for the first year. It's rounds up to a hundred. Kind of. Um, <laughs> we, we need to get that that ad revenue going. We need to get that ad revenue going, Corey. Um, anyway, or anyone else, Christian. We got to market the show on our blogs that have a lot of programmers in our target demographics reading it. Have you made a new blog post where you haven't promoted the show? No, I'm wait. I'm. St- Why can't you add a because, call to action to your additional your current blog post? Because it, that's not how uh, Hugo works. You can't edit the files after you publish them. No, that's not true. I'd have to make a new blog post. What? Yeah. Edit the template. You have a template at the bottom. You have a, a widget that's inserted. I'm, sa- I'm serious. Chris Figured. Grabowski is a contributing person to Pill Request. When I finish the uh, EBPF blog post, I'll... Oh, Jesus it. Christ, it's going to be in a figure. Okay. Well, I think, uh, I think we've reached the end. Another two-hour show. We've done three two-hour shows in a row. I think that's quite tiring. So, Christian, do you approve of this... Our 50th pull request? Looks good to me, 50 Cent. All right, Tyler, how about you? Oh, yeah. How about our wonderful studio audience? Yes, we couldn't do this show without you. Wonderful. Yes, we could. Okay, and then let's all hit merge. And we'll see you in two weeks right here on Pull Request. This has been the Numanium Production. The views and opinions expressed on Pull Request do not necessarily reflect those of Pneumonium LLC or its subsidiaries.
This week's theme music provided by Volstack. Visit them at VULF.